Welcome to another edition of the Firmware Update, episode 227. I'm one of your hosts, Malcolm Spinetti, and joining me, as always, an exhausted Joe Garcia, because I don't know about you, but it kind of, but E3 kind of felt like it came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, it's it's been a weird year for everything, and uh, E3 um, was no exception. Uh, you know, they, they transitioned it to a digital-only event. Uh, for one, which, you know, makes sense given the climate, but on top of that, they just didn't have the full slate and schedule, like, ready until, like, a few days before, the <laughs> before you know, the start of it. Um, like, I feel like even, like, the Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday before it was all slated to go down, we're still trying to figure out, like, okay, um, so when is Ubisoft going <laughs> to, you know, when is Capcom, Square Enix, all this stuff? Um, yeah, not to mention the fact that Jeff Keighley, like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to add, like, a fuck ton more games just before E3 <laughs> comes, and their fuck ton of more games. Yeah, I mean, he's been, uh, he's kind of been doing his own thing uh, for the last few years, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> besides, you know, That's... like, obviously he's got the Game Awards show, but, like, I feel like last year he did this, this uh, Summer Games Fest as well, kind of as a response to the pandemic. Uh, that's been a that's an interesting way to put it. He's been doing his own little thing <laughs> for the last couple of years. No, I mean like separate from E3 because I mean he used to host things like that were an official part of E3, but like the last couple of years he's kind of been like, no, nah, I'm just gonna <laughs> peel away from E3 proper and do this giant thing myself. Yeah, and what a job he did. I, I think like on Thursday, like I, I in the afternoon I open up YouTube I'm like, huh, I wonder what's going on, and there's like it feels like. 25 video game trailers it's like jesus christ yeah. i even asked you it's like uh is e3 going on right now okay because i just remember oh it's june we didn't do it yeah like and it's like not officially but this is probably gonna be the biggest presentation of the weekend <laughs> oh boy was it like, okay at that point, it was like after like day four of a ton of games being announced, I was like, we should probably do a show. This <laughs> uh, but anyway, buddy, how you been? Um, I've been all right. Not not too bad, uh, aside from trying to uh, adjust my body to this wild sleep schedule. Um, you know, because it'd be one thing if you know, like I worked overnights, you know, consistently like five days out of the week. Um, mm. but like I'll work like two overnights and then like a second shift over here and like a first shift over here and it's like, God, <laughs> my body. <laughs> um, so that's been, We've been a, talking a lot about me for the last couple of episodes. Like what is your sleep schedule now for those who don't know? Um, well, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's whatever it needs to be, uh, before I get to work that day. Um, like if I'm like, if I work consecutive you know, night shifts from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., um, you know, like, I'll try to sleep uh, as late as I can to, like, 4 or 5 p.m., and then, you know, kind of do a couple things around the apartment, maybe play a game or two, uh, have some dinner, and then head off to work. And then once I get home around 7.30 in the morning, uh, knock the hell out and do it all over again. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> and how is the uh, process of getting uh, used to it? Sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I don't think I will get used to it, honestly. Um, the my the best thing happening right now at work is that uh, 
um, one of the people that works there uh, in my department is leaving in a couple of weeks. Uh, and hopefully after we hire someone to replace him, <laughs> that new guy could take all these overnights instead. <laughs> and I can have a normal sleep schedule like a human being. Uh, I will warn you, that is the usual... That is what, what usually what managers uh, tell you to get you to shut up for now. And unfortunately, then it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it is good to hear that you're landing on your feet here. I know you were like out until like uh, 4.30 my time. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually slept in a little later than I thought. Um, like I expected to be up about an hour earlier than I was, but tiring stuff <laughs> anyway so with that joe did you unless you have anything else to add uh no i do not all right so let's head on into it e3 what did you think about the week-long extravaganza <laughs> really <laughs> um well it was a lot more muted i think than uh, people are used to um, you know, not just because it was a digital only event with like, you know, without a stage and an audience, uh, to react to the announcements and whatnot, but I mean, overall, it seems like the caliber of announcements and, and, and whatnot, uh, just did not hit as hard as it usually does, um, in most years. And I assume most of that has to do with the fact that we've been living with this pandemic for the better part of two years now. Um, and you know, like a lot of games still managed to come out yes or last year in 2020, but you know, like I was telling Malcolm uh, in text messages, like a lot of those games were probably already mostly finished by the time they, you know, came out during 2020. Like right now, the we're really feeling the, the the domino effects of you know the pandemic kind of forcing people out of the office and into their homes to work from there, uh, and you know that's just a completely different process uh, that probably takes a lot of adjusting <laughs> too. Uh, and right now I feel like we're kind of like smack dab in the middle of feeling uh, those, how that affects the development process. Yeah, I, I think I may have mentioned on the show, but uh, one of the stories that I've heard from developers, and yes, it's Destiny 2, but uh, <laughs> that I heard about how, how big the trials were for getting stuff done was from destiny 2 with the latest expansion they did beyond light where essentially suddenly the crew was working all from home and they had to figure out how to do their jobs from home to the point that the foley foley artists for those who don't know foley artists they, they record sounds certain objects make to be used as sound effects in like a movie or game or whatnot right. and they were literally using stuff around the house <laughs> For the Foley effects, like to the point that uh, one of the artists who was pregnant, who had like essentially this, uh, her baby's heart rate monitor and was using that for like beeping noises that you hear in the game. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, that's wild. And <laughs> on the other hand, that's also <laughs> kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah, in a sense, it's actually pretty incredible that we've been getting games at all during this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then for the most part in a timely fashion, like, and especially big games, like as much as I pick on, we picked on them for being vaporware with the uh, Final Fantasy remake, the fact that we got uh, Intergrade is actually pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they were able to update that for PS5 and put out a story DLC, um, 
yeah, that's that's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I do uh, I definitely agree with Joe. Like I, I noticed that quite a few games had a release window of just simply 2022. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So and I, I can't help but feel like it does make me wonder like how many of these games with that release window possibly could have been out already if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, uh, did you want to head right into it? I thought it would be funny if we each uh, I each uh, pick five games each that really caught our attention. Yeah. Some of them are going to be pretty obvious if you know our personalities, <laughs> but hopefully uh, some uh, will uh, will surprise you. And uh, we actually coordinated on this, believe it or not, so that we didn't repeat anything. Hey. So. <laughs> All right, big guy, do you, you want to lead off here? Actually, I'll let you kick it off because I know what the biggest game you want to talk about would be. All right, well, I, I was going to save that one for the main event. Oh, okay, here, sure, but... okay, fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, then I'll start with my favorite, then. Uh, all right, all right. And, and I, can, yeah, like, I can only imagine what it is. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy Origin. No, <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no for me, the, 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 the biggest surprise, and the biggest, most pleasant surprise, even, is uh, Metroid Dread. Um, comes yeah. Nintendo. Um, that's... That was buck wild, because, man, first of all, the fact that they've been making a 2D Metroid game while also kind of struggling to make Metroid Prime 4 is kind of nuts. But then they showed off this game, Metroid Dread, and one, it looks great. It's a, it's a classic 2D Metroid. Uh, and two, it's out in October. <laughs> it's like, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for this gift, Nintendo, because this game looks incredible. Um, I don't know what you thought of it, Malcolm, but I, I, man, seeing seeing Metroid in 2D again is a damn delight. Yeah, I'll wait for it to go on sale. No, I was just <laughs> actually really, <laughs> I it blew me away because. So I'm gonna open this up with a plea to the listeners here of our show, <laughs> um, and this goes out to people like RK, who I, I'm not even sure if he has a Switch or not, but I don't think he does. Uh, Yep. What what was that? I don't think so. All right. Uh, RK, I need you to just buy this game just for the hell of it. Uh, (laughs) I need everyone out there to buy this game. (laughs) I love Metroid. I've been a fan of Metroid since the NES uh, Metroid. Uh, That was one of my original games that, unfortunately, I wasn't that bright when I was a lad, and I could never figure out what I needed to do to beat it. But (laughs) uh, this is one, one of those franchises where everyone talks a good game about loving it, Everyone, <laughs> I've yet to hear anyone say a disparaging word about uh, Metroid. It literally, it, much, not unlike Dark Souls, created a genre. For the longest time, it was Metroid games, and then later, after Symphony Night, became Metroidvania games. Yeah. Games in the style of finding an item that unlocks other places that you can explore and what have you. But we've gotten the same argument over and over and over again. Well, the game's... You know, the games are good, but good to great, but they don't sell. So that needs to change with Dread. <laughs> so just, I don't care if you have the ability to buy it, play it or not, just buy it and, uh, you know, put it up on your shelf. I don't, as long as they get the money, they'll get the point. <laughs> point. But anyway, so it was an interesting trailer because the trailer literally starts with Samus getting impaled. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, I, I, they're introducing like a, a survival horror kind of style. It actually reminded me of uh, the video game Alien uh, Isolation. 
I don't know if you ever played that one. Um, I did not play it, but I know of it. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, you're in a space station, and there's a literal alien there, and it's if it catches you, you're dead. So, <laughs> uh, but essentially, uh, Samus in a pretty kick-ass suit, I must yeah. say, uh, uh, bumps into a robot, which uh, which are called Emmys. Yeah, he's uh, I've heard, and it starts chasing Samus. Samus tries to run away, fails. And we get a cutscene where she where she's grabbed and impaled, and that's it. <laughs> and you you know for a fact it's game over. And then that's where the title pops in, which is nice. And uh, we get some gameplay footage. Uh, they did a treehouse as well, yeah. where you get to see a lot of other footage. Uh, if I will, s- this is uncharacteristic of me, but I would actually recommend taking the RK approach to this, where essentially they showed off a surprising amount in that treehouse. So if you know you're down with the uh, own with getting Metroid, maybe just skip it. Just let the whole thing be a surprise. the The only thing I could really fault the trailer is that they announced that it was going to be a Metroid trailer before showing the trailer. I think they should have just <laughs> let that be a surprise. Yeah, I mean, because damn, I mean, when I I, I fired up the Nintendo Direct and, you know, the words Metroid 5 flash on the screen. I'm, I just, like, gasped. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like as soon as you see Metroid 5, it's like, all right, so this is a 2D Metroid, uh, of which there hasn't been since Metroid Fusion on the goddamn Game Boy Advance <laughs> in 2001. Yeah, trivia note, it's been 19 years since Fusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which makes me feel super young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there have been uh, two other Metroid Prime games, uh, three if you count Metroid Prime Hunters on the DS, um, since Metroid Fusion came out. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, like I remember it was an interesting day because uh, Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime came out on the same day uh, on the Game Boy Advance and GameCube, respectively. Uh, so that was a very busy day for. <laughs> for Metroid fans, um, but little did we know that was the last time, for a very long time, that we'd get a 2D Metroid. Uh, yeah. So just to be clear here, this is not the uh, this is not Metroid Prime Four no. or the Prime Four game. Yeah, which, which is, is still in development. Um, yeah. I do have some trivia notes which Joe may or may not know already. Yeah, one of which he got already with the uh, it's been 19 years since. Uh, <laughs> A side-scrolling uh, Metroid game. Uh, also, believe it or not, there have been hints about uh, about uh, Dread Forever. Like oh, yeah. in one of the one of the files with Prime, it actually talks about a Dread project, thus hinting on that. Yeah. And there was actually an interviewer with the director of Metroid who revealed he had this the idea for this game way back with uh, Metroid Two: Return of Samus on the Game Boy. But like many great ideas, like, yeah, the technology wasn't there. I had no way to make it look good. <laughs> so they opted to just like sit on it for, <laughs> for quite a few years. And uh, the most interesting thing, and this could either be fantastic or this could be a gigantic bummer, is the director also point, also said that this is the final chapter of the Metroid saga in <laughs> in the creature itself like after this there'll be no more metroids or whatever spoiler <laughs> so basically very little is changing in terms of yeah. metroid development <laughs> it's not like they were churning Which, out metroid games left and right <laughs> yeah yeah it's a 
It, it does make me wonder, like, if this is the end of that creature, which... That is kind of big. Like, the Metroids are sort of one of the most famous enemies in video game history, I'd have to say. They're cool little like, jellyfish things. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good design. They, <laughs> they accomplished well above their station, I have to say. But, <laughs> yeah, like, after all of this, after all this, this is it for it. Which, one, it makes me wonder... I hope he's not planning on calling it a day and hanging up the jacket and never making another game. And two, if there are going to be other games, what do we call them? Because it'd be kind of weird to keep calling it Metroid if there are no Metroids. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, those, that, ga- that game you know, takes place in Andromeda Galaxy, but there weren't any Mass Effect relays. Uh, for any little Mass Effect technology in that game. I guess they're just going to block off that entire galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it makes you do funny things, though. <laughs> Maybe it's for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was super stoked. I, I love the survival element with the uh, Emmys. Uh, seeing all the monsters and all the uh, classic uh, Metroidisms. I will say, uh, Samus is super fast. Yeah. Like, I, I always imagined a pace not unlike uh, Alucard in Symphony of the Night, where it's sort of like this. I, I don't want to say he's like a, he's not running; he's sort of power walking the whole way <laughs> through, so it's at a nice pace. But Samus will be like through an area in less than a second. <laughs> it's like freaking hey, I want to take in the scenery a little bit here, Samus. Jesus. <laughs> but I'm super excited for it. I've already pre-ordered it. Nice. Which, yeah, so it's already pre-ordered up on Amazon. My favorite way of doing things uh, as far as pre-ordered, mainly because they don't take the money immediately. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that. That and one other game will be coming out here that I'll be looking forward to. So, nice. <laughs> uh, Did you have any other uh, anything else to add on this one, bud? Um, no, except that I'm super excited for this game because... Um Damn, man. A 2D Metroid. Got, uh, the, the prayers go up and the blessings come down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely what we need right yeah. now. Something to look forward to for my birthday, for sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, damn, man. Um, video games don't come a lot better than Super Metroid, let me tell you. Uh, mm. So, for for uh, for a new 2D Metroid to be out, that's, uh, that's, no, that's no small thing. So, yeah, so if I remember the chronologically, it's the original Metroid, then the Game Boy Metroid, then the Super Nintendo Metroid, yeah. and then the... They were all on different systems, goddamn. Yeah, I mean, the only the only games that were... Uh, the only two games that shared a platform were Metroid Prime 1 and 2, uh, and then Metroid Prime 3 was on the Wii. Uh, mm. Prime 1 and 2 were on the GameCube. So the Prime series are like their own universe then? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they still, like, I'm pretty sure that they're kind of interwoven in the, yeah, yeah, like on this, the Metroid story chronology goes Metroid, Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime Hunters, which is the DS game, uh, then Prime 2, Prime 3, <laughs> Metroid Prime Federation Force, which I forgot completely about. Oh, good Lord. Remember that one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> then Metroid 2. Uh, then Super Metroid, uh, Metroid Other M, a beloved game that everyone loves. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that like the prequel to everything? Or? No, because it's 
the only game after that's the second to last game before Metroid Fusion and then Metroid Dread. Well, I mean, like not in release, but as far as story. No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. that was the story chronology I just read. Hey, weird. Yep. Where Samus uh, won't use weapons she has unless her commander says it's okay. Yeah. So stupid. Mm-hmm. So, can I say one problem I've always had with uh, the games? No. All right. So, <laughs> with the... Like, as far as I remember, even go, going back to the first game, like, the enemies you were fighting were referred to as space pirates. Yes. But... When you see these space pirates, there's, they're really just monsters. There's, <laughs> there's no organization. You could make some sort of argument that there is a leader there with Mother Brain or maybe Ridley. Ridley is the head but, of space pirate. Yeah, but like they, they never communicate. They don't have any real plan. They just seem to be there <laughs> as Samus is doing whatever she's doing. <laughs> Samus it's is like uh, hunting bounties. Is what she's doing. Like Ganon and uh, Bowser have a lot more organization in their in their <laughs> armies than the, the space pirates. Just throwing that out <laughs> there. Right? Don't get me wrong; they they have really memorable boss fights. The space pirates, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying their organization needs well organization. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, my turn. Yes, sir. All right, so. So some of these I had to like spring back. There were certain I was the one who changed uh, picks so that there was no overlap. So I'm gonna start. I'm essentially gonna start with ones that are may or may not buy, and then work my. But I'm still excited for, and work my way up to new number one, which I, people who know me probably have already guessed what number one <laughs> is. But we're gonna start with a game that was announced on day one: Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, that's the correct reaction. That, yeah. <laughs> so next time, next year, guys, just wait till Sunday to do your announcements and you'll have the most memorable ones there. <laughs> like, but anyway, uh, so they announced, and I believe this might, may or may not be the same people who did the Friday the 13th uh, multiplayer game, which was well received. Indeed. And uh, this just sort of came out of nowhere. Fantastic trailer, voiced by Bruce Campbell. Uh, those who may or may not know, I'm actually a big uh, classic horror movie uh, guy, and Evil Dead was one of my is one of my favorite franchises out there. I even enjoyed the remake they did a few years back now. Uh, but voiced by Bruce Campbell, essentially, it's uh, not unlike that Friday the Thirteenth game where players can control Ash, two random campers, or even one of the uh, knights, I think it was Eric the Red that I was seeing in there from uh, Army of Darkness. And essentially you're trying to survive a night against deadites. And players who die can also come back <laughs> as deadites, which is a fantastic touch. And, uh, and in another fantastic touch, one of them can even control the evil dead, which uh, in I forget what they had like a specific name for it, which I hadn't heard before, but essentially people may recall it. It's like uh, essentially that you're controlling the camera or it's zooming in at a super fast rate, like it's closing in on something. And I believe they actually fought it at the end of Evil Dead 2. But somebody can essentially control it and essentially insta-kill one of the players, and it's mm. great. <laughs> and 
watching Ash, it's great. He's got the chainsaw hand, of course. Got to have the chainsaw hand and the boomstick. <laughs> and they're taking down Deadites with finishers. You're trying to collect pages at the Necronomicon. And they even showed off a teaser for future ideas as uh, one of the players was Bad Ash, which is <laughs> the uh, evil version of Ash that uh, becomes pretty grotesque at the end of Army of Darkness. So, I, yeah, I, here's the thing. Why I say I'm probably not going to play it is I'm not huge into multiplayer games or games online or what have you. I appreciated Friday the 13th for what it was. I definitely got it when it was a PlayStation Plus freebie, <clears throat> but... I won't be one of those game day one players as you know, I can't really do that. And, but yeah, this caught my eye. It looked uh, fantastic. It looked like a perfect homage. So definitely a thumbs up for me and something I'm going to keep my eye on. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cause I mean, it is a multiplayer only game, right? From the looks of it. Yeah. So there's no single player. Yeah. So it's, so it's not unlike Friday the 13th where, you know, it's just the multiplayer where everyone takes turn being Jason and the other ones are campers. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right so you just uh which is not a, which worked for that it did a fantastic job especially with the avenues it took and the multiple skins of jason Voorhees throughout out so yeah uh so i i have a, a good feeling about this one so i was quite stoked for it nice i mean i will say i have uh <laughs> i've never seen a single evil dead movie <laughs> oh you're killing me <laughs> um it I recommend it to everybody, especially like, like uh, it was one of the, I think it was probably the very first film of Sam Raimi. Yeah. As uh, a lot of the people that you've seen in Sam Raimi movies are in there, of course, Bruce Campbell being one of them. And uh, you could tell it was basically a passion project just from like the special effects to the acting. Oh yeah. Like the budget was like non-existent. <laughs> in that movie. I think it was like, I think it was like a hundred thousand dollars if that. Yeah, and you know that's sort of the reason why the main bad guy is essentially just the camera perspective charging the uh, <laughs> ash at the end there. Awesome. And uh, <laughs> uh, the first one was them like seriously, okay, we're trying to make a horror movie here, and you know, I'm not going to say they didn't do it. Like the, some of the special effects, you you wouldn't expect with the budget they did, but I thought it was really really effective in how they do the kills and whatnot. Especially one particular scene, which is pretty infamous. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it was them essentially trying to do a horror movie. And to some extent failing, because, you know, you got Bruce Campbell in there. And he's he's he can't not be Bruce, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and he's sort of like goofy and there's certain shots and him. And a lot of the shots of him getting tossed around and beat up is actually pretty hysterical. <laughs> But uh, he hangs in there. So they do, but it does well. And they do Evil Dead 2. And it was at this point they realize, okay, people are laughing more than they're being scared. So let's lean a little more into the comedy. They still attempt to do some uh, scary stuff. However, they uh, lean a little bit more into the comedy. Like the beginning part of it is just hysterical. It's it's literally like uh, Ash getting uh losing his mind surely but surely being stuck in this house and <laughs> until like more people come in and whatnot but it's got like some very iconic shots and uh the end is uh pretty interesting and the fact that they actually made a sequel because for those 
those who don't know, it leads to the main character going to medieval times <laughs> and then it becoming just like leading to Army of Darkness, which which is like the one that actually did make it to theaters. I don't know if the first two did. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure well, they made it to theaters. They made it to theater? Okay. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, Army of Darkness was like, okay, we have a budget now. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading that. I'm here on the Wikipedia page for the first movie. Um, the budget for that was $375,000. Wow. It's not a lot of money at all. <laughs> even, even back I, in 1981. I am shocked. Uh, like, I don't know if the first grand went to cocaine or whatnot, but I would not have bet. I would not have bet that it, they spent three hundred that much on the show. It, it was like... It feels like a student film at times. Yeah, I mean, the movie made about $32 million. Uh, so that's a pretty good return on your investment there. Oh, yeah. yeah can't argue that. It's Like I said, started Sam Raimi's career. Uh, Army of Darkness has uh, one of my favorite things. Uh, there's a... Which led to a fun moment for me at a theme park. Uh, we went to a... I believe it was Universal Studios. Uh, I may or may not... I may be wrong there. Definitely wasn't uh, definitely wasn't Disneyland because I don't believe they owned the rights to it. But essentially, uh, there's one scene in Army of Darkness where this winged demon picks up uh, the female protagonist and captures her and flies away. And fast forward two years and me going to this uh, theme park where we went to the special effects studio. And it was just loaded with practical effects monsters from all these different shows. And the winged demon was there. And uh, the tour guide uh, pointed to the demon and said, Does anyone recognize this one? And I just blurred out, Army of Darkness. And I was like, maybe eight or nine. (laughs) And and I'll never forget that the tour guide stops, turns to me, Who said that? And and I raised my hand. She's like... I've been doing this tour for years. No one has ever gotten that before. Kudos to you, sir. Do you want to work here? Because I don't. No, no, she wasn't the uh, Jaws, Jaws, the ride (laughs) tour. That must have been terrible. But anyway, so, and then from there, that was just essentially it. And then we got... uh, the remake, which was them trying to do really gross horror, and they accomplished that. It was, it's kind of chilling to watch all the way through. And then, that which had Ash at the end for no goddamn reason. There's really no justification for the stinger at the end with uh, Bruce Campbell, aside from uh, it's Army of Dark, it's Evil Dead. We have to have Ash in there. And then we got Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV series from Stars, and that one was more a return to let's just be goofy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I recommend literally all of it. So I'm taking a look on the old Google machine over here, uh, seeing if I can stream these movies anywhere. Uh, I was about to say that they must be one of them must be for free somewhere. <laughs> like uh, Voodoo, like I don't know if you know, but Voodoo does some of their movies for free. You just have to endure commercials. <laughs> and so that has to be a freebie on there. Uh, anyway, yeah, Let's see. Um, I'll see if I. No, you gotta. Run. I mean, that's available online, but you gotta. It's for pay. Uh, we'll see. I'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if I can hook you up. But anyway, <laughs> the video game. Video game looks fun, folks. Look forward to that. Hey. <laughs> All right, buddy. What, what do you got next? All right, next up for me. Um, kind of sticking with uh, 
kind of sticking with Nintendo here. Um, another game that's been absent forever and ever and ever, and people have been clamoring for <laughs> ever and ever and ever, and gotten um, gotten zero to show for it because the developer for this game, uh, or the original developer for this game, uh, was Intelligent Systems, who've kind of been cranking out Fire Emblem games forever. Uh, ever since that blew up in popularity, but Advance Wars, goddamn Advance Wars, <laughs> is making a comeback. Um, and you know, it's like it's not a fully like it's not a brand new game like Metro Dread, uh, Dread is. Uh, what they're doing here is that they're kind of pulling uh, a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two by offering us Advance Wars uh, one and two, uh, and the subtitle for that is Reboot Camp, uh, and. It looks like a damn delight. <laughs> it's uh, I, I don't know if you've ever played the Advance Wars games, Malcolm, um, but me and my friends um, played the hell out of these games when they came out uh, on the GBA uh, 20 damn years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, what they're doing here is that they're kind of remaking them in 3D uh, with these you know nice 3D graphics, kind of keeping the same uh, cube proportions uh, that the that the you know that the graphics had back in the day, but instead of, uh, you know, sprites on the GBA, they, they kind of remade them for uh, 3D. Uh, they kind of uh, redrew the character art for all the different commanding officers, uh, both the ones that you control and, and the, the enemy ones, and yeah, it looks terrific. Um, they announced it with the short trailer, um, and then they did the treehouse thing again with that. Um, so they had, I think, about 20 minutes of uh, you know showing a couple of different missions uh, for Advance Wars and yeah man that, that game looks terrific and that game is out real soon as well uh, I believe that's within a couple of months that it'll be out and I'm, re I'm really excited for, <laughs> for Advance Wars 1 and 2 like it's I, I still wish that they, they would make a, a brand new one uh, but Advance Wars 1 and 2 are, are both absolutely terrific video games and I'm happy to see them make a comeback all right, so controversial take. No, and I, <laughs> you will not slander Advance Wars. Welcome. And uh, I, I don't want to poop on your parade. You know, God damn it! It's awesome that you love this game so much, and I'm happy it's bringing you joy. But I saw this on your list, and I thought you were kidding. No, <laughs> God damn you! <laughs> now I, I will preface it: I, I haven't played the game, but I, I saw Advance War on there. And it's called Advance War because it came out on the Game Boy Advance, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, so I saw that, and I saw the for the graphics of the tanks and whatnot. I was like, okay, this feels like they are they just made this game because they needed a fifth game to come out at, at this time or something like that. But I, I did not know it was the Fire Emblem people who made this yeah, game either. Yeah, Intelligent Systems. Um, they've kind of been making these games for almost as long as they've been making uh, Fire Emblem games like um, like they only showed up here in America by the time uh, the Game Boy Advance was out, but uh, back in Japan um, it first started as Famicom Wars, then Game Boy Wars, Super Famicom Wars. So they kind of just named it after the system <laughs> that it was on, you know. Uh, so by the time we got Advance Wars, that was on the Game Boy Advance, so that made sense. Um, that they, they kind of broke that convention. Uh, when Advance Wars Dual Strike came out, that was on the DS, and they just did the, the, the hokey naming thing that so many developers did on the DS, where it's like, the subtitle is 
abbreviated as DS, ha, 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 dual strike, get it? Uh, <laughs> um, Nintendo is the dad joke of titles. For, so no, but I mean, everybody did that, though, like, um, like on the DS. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a, Castlevania, a couple of Castlevania games that were, like, uh, like Dawn of Sorrow that was on the DS, <laughs> you know, things like that. Um, oh, my God, you're right. Uh, you ruined it. No, no like, I don't know what, like, it's. I don't know what about the DS made people do that, <laughs> but they did. Um, and yeah, uh, they, I bet you it it was. I don't know which executive to be, to blame it on. It, <laughs> it, it it could have been. What was the name of the really nice guy who unfortunately passed away? Oh, uh, Iwata. Iwata, yeah. It could have been like, listen, we have a theme going on. You got to... <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be hysterical. The crowd's going to love it. No, uh, Iwata San only came up with good ideas, Malcolm. <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> um, but, but I digress. <laughs> Miyamoto could have been him. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. You're getting colder. This is his revenge for Nintendo not lo- allowing him to ride a bike ever again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but anyway... Um, it's been about 13 years since a brand new Advance Wars came out. Um, the last game to come out was Days of Ruin, which was the fourth Advance Wars game on the DS. Uh, that was in 2008. And yeah, it, the series has been completely silent ever since then. Um, so hopefully, um, just as with Metroid Dread, hopefully a lot of people buy this and Nintendo can kind of see, hey, these games are worth revisiting and <laughs> make, perhaps making a new one of. Um, yeah, and what's cool is that the game is being developed by WayForward, um, who kind of work with. They they've they do a lot of their own things, like they do the what is it the Shantae games that with the little genie lady, um, but they also yeah, yeah. but they also work with a lot of other um, developers to make kind of uh, to kind of work on external stuff like they did uh they did <laughs> double dragon neon uh they they do they do a lot I of love work. that game. yeah they do a lot of external work as well uh so it's nice to see them working with uh nintendo to to kind of reimagine advance wars one and two all right so that do in part to your passionate <laughs> explanation there and a huge part that this is the same group that's responsible for Double Dragon Neon. I will give this game a chance here. Yeah, there we go. And so I will I will trust is there a good story behind this or is it just like here's a map and play No, or? no, there's a there's a story behind the games. Um Oh no good. Yeah, yeah, okay. it, it, yeah, it goes through yeah, from like the the Advance Wars game specifically. Um, you know, like it looks, the art is, you know, nice and cute in the first two games. Um, but as the series kind of progresses, it's like, man, it gets kind of dark here. <laughs> um, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, I, I would recommend, uh, seeking out, uh, for you, Malcolm, the, uh, that treehouse segment that they did for this game. Uh, cause it's only about 20 minutes. You get to see, you get a good idea of what the gameplay is. All right. Tell you what. After I get done with Destiny, after this game, I'm gonna pop it in and see what, and just looking into it there. All right, <laughs> all, right. all right. So you turn me around, Joe. I'm gonna give Advance Wars a chance oh, yeah. here. <laughs> I I may even wa- watch a walkthrough of the original Advance games. Nice. <laughs> On the Advance. <laughs> all right, my turn. Yes, sir. 
All right. Next up as I bring up my notes app. All right. So a lot of people remember when a Souls-like game was a novelty. <laughs> Simpler time. Oh, God. <laughs> you remember when somebody made a, uh, a side-scrolling version of a Souls game called Salt and Sanctuary? I do. And we were like, oh, it's like a Souls game, but it's 2D? That, okay, that's an interesting <laughs> one. And it actually captured, you know, the whole mystique of uh, the Souls games while being 2D and having very challenging bosses and ways to customize your characters and whatnot. That was a little over five years ago, I believe. Maybe five years on the dot, I don't know. But anyway, hey, one of the games that was announced was Sultan's Sacrifice, the long-awaited uh, sequel to the game here. And uh, granted, my experience with Sultan Sanctuary, it, it's unfortunately in that list of games that there was a lot of other stuff coming out at the time, and I didn't get to it. it but I did watch playthroughs of it, and it looked pretty cool. I, I have to admire the work that went into it and the ways to upgrade your character. And... Yeah, uh, they announced uh, a long-awaited sequel, and it sounds like it's going to have some, uh, you know, the customization is there. It's actually pretty crazy. Like, I saw, like, a ninja version of the character. You're hunting mages, but it's questionable that your character is a mage in and of itself. Like, I, I it's been five years. I have to rewatch <laughs> the, uh, the freaking lore to this one. But essentially, you hunt down these evil creatures, which are the mages. And you do so by, once you kill it, you uh, stab it in the chest, pull out its heart, and don't eat it, of course, because that'd be too gruesome. You just crush it, and <laughs> souls come into you a lot, because souls-like. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this to me, this looked pretty cool. Like, uh, I have to, I, 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 as everyone knows, I love a good Souls game, hint, hint. And... <laughs> I, I'm gonna definitely keep an eye on this one here. Do you love the Souls games, Matthew? Yes, I do, Joe. <laughs> and I, I have to say, the guy who behind the games done a pretty good job. Like, I'm very curious what he could do with somebody else who's gotten a track record with fantasy. <laughs> but who knows if that'll ever happen? But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but Salt and Sacrifice. I'm actually pretty stoked about it to a point where I'm actually gonna start. For all I know, Sultan Sanctuary was like a PlayStation Plus game that I got a while ago. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wondered what happened. I'll have to. <laughs> like, it feels like it would have been a primo uh, PlayStation Plus game. Oh yeah, for sure. Like definitely. And on top of that, there was like a period where if a game got low enough, I grabbed it. Like if it was like two dollars seventy five cents, I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah. All you have to be is just to be a little challenging. And, you know, I, I feel like the Souls-like uh, title is a little loosely given. It's given to essentially anything that's challenging now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it doesn't have to do, be that way. Like, I'm sure there are people that have probably looked at that Metroid Dread game and like, oh, that's a real Souls-like game. I'm like, fuck off. Bro. Like, <laughs> like <eat> my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that's a real Souls-like uh, challenge. I'm curiosity. <laughs> Not to bring it back oh, wow, to Metroid. Wow, this Red but game is harder than ever. I didn't realize that they were dipping their toe into the Souls-like genre. <laughs> when I crash the car, it goes back to the beginning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Souls game. <laughs> 
You have to recollect your fuel and tires. <laughs> you actually travel to each track across past <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm making some notes here, Paco, and uh, I'm going to run it by Mr. <laughs> Kaznori Yamauchi over at uh, Polyphony Digital, see what he thinks. Uh, I can't wait for Horizon Soul, or Forza Soul, excuse me. <laughs> Forza Souls. You just, you collect racer souls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, license to print money if uh, anyone's listening. Microsoft, I'm, you would love Forza Souls, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Salt and Sacrifice. Keep an eye on it, folks, and uh, I think it'll be a really good one. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Joe, you're up again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um, let's see. Speaking of Forza Souls, <laughs> um, yeah, here's the new Souls game. Uh, coming from Play, <laughs> Playground Games over at uh, Microsoft, uh, switching over to the other Sony competitor. Uh, they had their showcase kind of combined with Bethesda, which uh, I guess, you know, now that they own that, they kind of decided that they're going to combine the two uh, presentations. Um, but for me, the biggest game, or the most exciting game, uh, was Forza Horizon 5. Uh, one, because it was kind of up in the air, which uh, Forza franchise they would continue uh, this year after both games kind of ha- had a bit of a hiatus, like Forza Horizon 4 came out two years ago at this point, um, which I guess is the regular cadence for these, because usually they alternate years. One year it's a Forza Horizon, the next year it's a Forza Motorsport, uh, with the difference being that the Horizon games are kind of like closer to Need for Speed with like you know, like arcade uh, physics and like crazy jumps and all that good stuff. Um, whereas Forza Motorsport is the more realistic simulation racer that competes more directly with uh, with Gran Turismo. Um, but yeah, they decided that they're going to go with Forza Horizon 5 uh, to continue with this. And um, yeah, that game looks excellent. I sent uh, a video to Malcolm. I mean, because they had the announced earlier and then after the, after the conference, uh, they put up a kind of a more detailed gameplay look at the game and man it is one of the very best looking video games i've ever seen <laughs> I, I don't know if you got to check it out malcolm but hot damn uh they're not messing around with uh forza horizon 5 uh i have not yet but this is uh, their first game on the new system right um the first game from the ground up for the new system because uh, forza horizon 4 uh came out originally as an xbox one game but they did update that uh, for the new Xboxes. Um, although the differences there are a, little, are a lot more subtle. I mean, that game already looked pretty good <laughs> to begin with. Um, but mostly what they did there was kind of unlock the frame rate to 60 frames and improve the loading. Uh, but Forza Horizon 5, um, and that game's coming out for the Xbox One as well, but but uh, for Horizon 5 seems to be the first one kind of built uh with the new Xboxes, you know, directly in mind. And it definitely benefits from it. Uh, you know, the, the fun thing about these Horizon games is that it's, the, the premise is that, oh, it's a big festival where people come drive their cars and kind of like goof off on these roads, both on, both on and off the roads. So like, you know, there's off-road segments, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's winding roads and all that good stuff. And um, the, the gimmick is also that, you know, they always, come to different locations like last for horizon four um 
it was in the UK, Horizon 3 was in Australia, and for Horizon 5, they're going to be in Mexico, uh, which looks pretty great. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be a lot of off-roading in the desert. Uh, and yeah, man, it, the game just looks really, really cool. Um, these are games that I've enjoyed immensely. And, um, you know, like every other first-party game uh, that Microsoft has put out, over the last couple of years, um, it's going to be launching day one on Game Pass, uh, which kind of also ties into a little bit more of what I wanted to talk about, uh, is that Game Pass just continues to be like an un unreal uh, video game deal uh, if you have an Xbox, and even if you don't, honestly, uh, because, you know, they've kind of expanded to the xCloud, uh, like cloud streaming service, so you can play the game, you can play these games even without an Xbox. Um, you know, on your computer, on your Android, or even iOS device, uh, they're starting to roll out. Um, and, you know, these games are going to be available from day one uh, there. And it's, like, for 15 bucks a month, it's it's a pretty absurd deal. Yeah, I was also, I was actually thinking about Game Pass while I was in the doctor's office this morning. And I was thinking, like, it's a really interesting way of converting people into digital customers. Yeah. Like... We, we honestly, we know people, and uh, to an extent, Joe is very much at, no, I need the disc, man. I need the disc. <laughs> I vastly prefer the this? discs, yes. Yeah, and I don't want no digital. And I'm like, well, if you like Game Pass, you're a digital customer. I hate to break <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, the, the difference is that you don't own these games. You're a subscriber, much like if you're subscribing to Netflix, you know, like you don't own the movies on, <laughs> on Netflix um, as soon as you stop paying for that service. You know, you lose your access to those games or movies or whatever. Um, that's very much the, the deal here with Game Pass. Nah, nah Joe, I'm going to cut you off. You're a giant hypocrite. That's what we just exposed. Okay, okay sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, <laughs> um, but on Game Pass, you know, they do offer discounts. Like, if you do want to buy the game to own, you know, they give you a 10% discount on all the games that are on the Game Pass service. Uh, you get discounts on all the DLC offered for the games or whatever. Um so you know, like it's it's a stupendous service. Hmm. I just I can never stop saying <laughs> enough about how good Game Pass is. Like, um, it's very rare so, that I buy a video game uh, on Xbox anymore, just because so much stuff comes out on Game Pass. Like, um, hmm. they announced uh, during this uh, during this uh, conference or whatever. You know, like like every first party game that they announced and showed, like that's a day one uh, launch on Game Pass. <laughs> you know, like a, they announced. Outer Worlds 2, they announced, uh, you know, St oh, Starfield was already announced last year, but that's going to be out on Game Pass day one when that comes out. Halo Infinite, of course, is going to be out day one on Game Pass, whenever the hell that is. <laughs> um, and, you know, like a bunch of third-party stuff um, is going to show up on Game Pass as well, like uh, Back 4 Blood, uh, which is kind of like a spiritual successor to, to Left 4 Dead over on <laughs> the 360 and Steam. Um, like, that's going to be launching on day one. Uh, like, Hades was announced to be coming to PS5 and Xbox, uh, finally. Um, mm. But that'll be launching on Game Pass day one when it comes out in August. Um, like, it's it's hard to argue <laughs> against Game Pass, man. It's, it's such a great service. Like, the only mm. thing that it kind of does, unfortunately, is it kind of... Uh, kind of, like, neuters the value of other games uh, in the eyes of other people. Like, I remember... 
like I saw online, like, you know, after Metroid Dread was announced and people were like complaining, like, I can't believe this Metroidvania game is $60. It's like, you shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) A Metroid game is absolutely worth $60. But, you know, people are so used to like games being cheaper, especially in Metroidvanias, you know, like Bloodstained, uh, Ritual of the Night. That was um, as good of a Metroidvania that's come out in a long time. You know, that that came out as like $30 or $40. Uh, mm. You know, th- so like when Metroid uh, Dread is announced and it's sixty dollars, people kind of like scoff at it. But it's like, no man, good video games are worth paying for. <laughs> uh, they are yeah, worth yeah. the price of admission. Um, and but you know, Microsoft just kind of has the advantage of being this enormous multi corp multinational corporation that can afford to kind of undercut everybody with their service. Yeah, and that is like one of the. That is a, actually an unforeseen concern that uh, I didn't even think about. That it would get people used to not ha- or spending fifteen. I'm not going to say nothing. Fifteen dollars a month, yeah. month for a game, and I'm sure that that's going to be felt on on both sides, including PlayStation. Like for all I know, people are going to be like, "Oh, God of War Ragnarok is this much money?" Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, Sony's kind of going the other way because I mean they I mean they still have their PlayStation Now service which is, I believe, $10 a month as well. And that's pretty similar to Xbox Game Pass. They only, the, the big drawback compared to Xbox uh, Game Pass is that they don't put first-party games there at launch. Um, like, they'll show up, like, a year later, maybe, um, after they've kind of gone mm. through their sales cycle. They're like, yeah, you can p- finally play Days Gone on here if you want, <laughs> uh, like, a year <laughs> later, but, like... They won't put their big games on there. So, like, you can't subscribe to PlayStation Now and play, you know, Ratchet and Clank on day one uh, for ten dollars a month. You know, it's like, no, we want you to. You're gonna plunk down seventy dollars for this game, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, if we want to put it on PlayStation Now next year, we'll we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, just a hop back uh, to Forza. Just to add a little bit there, uh, Forza. I've joked on this podcast before that it's incredible that a racing game probably has the best graphics out there. <laughs> like, maybe you could throw like a little bit of argument for uh, the order 18, 1812 or whatever it's called. <laughs> no one needs to talk about that game for any reason, Malcolm. I forgot about that game. <laughs> I forgot that game even what existed. It's like never forget to like it's like it's one of the it feels like a it was a long tech demo is what that's it was. All, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it's like and they released it for sixty dollars. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> like every time I look at a Forza trailer, it's like wow, this is incredible. Oh, like it, it looks so flipping realistic. Like like I'm out watching like an actual car. Like that's gonna be the next step. It's just gonna look like I'm looking at someone's camcorder of a freaking race. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, 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 I usually make it a point to like watch one of those trailers there. But. Yeah, no, racing games are always great showpieces for uh, for new hardware. Um, like whenever Gran Turismo comes out or Forza comes out, like those are those are usually really good to, to kind of gauge what uh, what the machines that they're on are capable of. Hmm. So, but anyway, yeah, I'm kind of curious about uh, going back to Game Pass. How how everything breaks down. I don't know if he's on an official interview. Maybe you might know something. But if uh, the guy, the head, Phil Spencer, yeah. did it like an like a breakdown, like a 
when they go to a studio, hey, we want to put, we want this game on Game Pass. Do they get like something out of it, or is it just, hey, it's free? Pl- <laughs> no, it's free real estate. <laughs> no, I'm sure they will. They back up a dump truck full of like money and like here you go, here's an obscene amount of money for your game to be uh, available day one or whatever uh, on Game Pass. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, like obviously, like I said, they put out their first party stuff. Um, on the service, but you know they've been doing a great job of putting out, putting out you know like third-party stuff, uh, day and date with the you know the, the retail release. Like you know Outriders came out a couple months ago. That was on day one uh, as a Game Pass game. Um, yeah, like I mean, there's just a ton of stuff. You know, like ML, freaking MLB 21, <laughs> a Sony-developed game showed up on Game Pass day one. Uh, yeah, that, that's something to. A lot of people easily forget about uh, Xbox, or, or that I can forget it. There, once again, it's called. It's backed up by Microsoft. Yeah, like they have money for days. Yeah, like, one like of the, they bought probably one of the five richest companies on the planet. <laughs> they they bought Bethesda. Let's not forget <laughs> about that, <laughs> which led to one of their newest game, Starfield. Yeah, like I think they paid more for Bethesda than Disney did for fucking Star Wars. Yeah, and they, <laughs> which was a ton of money. And on top of that, there were reports that they were looking to buy Discord for Pete's sake. Like they could, they can easily. They they have money to do stuff yeah. like that. Just say, hey, put your game on our free on our system here. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's led to a quite a turnaround. Like it's put, putting them back into the conversation, despite the fact that for the longest time they didn't have any, uh, a lot of really big exclusives coming. Which it sounds like they turned it around a little bit with this conference here. Yeah. 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 But anyway, (laughs) that turned into the whole side. Damn. All right. So, but anything uh, you want to add on Forza or Game Pass? uh? Um, for for Forza, like I encourage people to look at that uh, gameplay, kind of uh, that separate gameplay trailer that they put out. It's like seven minutes, Um, because the game looks excellent, man. It's just it's just so it's just such a a beaut. She's a beaut. Is a beer. <laughs> All right. So I'll head up next. And this is one that may have flown under the radar for a lot of people, but it is a uh, indie game called Brambles. Mm. And I believe it's done by a studio called Demfrost Studios or Dimfrost Studios. Excuse me. Uh, stuck out to me because like when I first saw this trailer, I thought it was the same people who did Inside and Limbo. Oh. Which it is no. not. This is actually a <laughs> this is a new studio. So you know they've only done they're doing this game and did one other game, game aside from that called uh, a writer and it and his daughter, okay. which I've never heard of. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> of it. <laughs> okay, so it it just it looked to me just like one of those uh, games from that from uh, from the people who did Inside. Do you remember the name? Is it Insomniac? No, I think it's, uh, I think it was Play Dead. Play Dead, okay. So, and essentially, it starts off, what's that? Yeah, Play Dead. Got it. And it started, it it literally starts with, like, a little kid viciously stabbing a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Which, which, hey, you're like, attention, attention got right there. (laughs) Go on. 
And it just like stab, cut to the kid doing something, stab, cut to the kid walking through a forest, stab, and the kid is getting bloodier and bloodier as it goes by. And uh, there's one shot where essentially he's uh, hopping across lily pads, which reminded me of like Limbo, but with color. And as he gets to the final lily pad, this freaking demonic creature with long hair and horns <laughs> pops out of the water and then it cuts to the title. Nice. <laughs> and hey, for those wondering what it takes to get Malcolm's attention, this is a master class here. So oh, you have kid committing murder <laughs> and uh, naked demon come popping out of water. So there, that's that's what you need right there. Right. <laughs> hey, pay attention next Halo game. But anyway. <laughs> More child soldiers. <laughs> you need a child Halo... Master Chief stabbing some alien <laughs> and naked dude popping out of long hair dropping out of water. <laughs> uh, but now, so like I said, this is some of these trailers, they just capture my attention, and but we don't know too much about them aside from the trailer here. <laughs> but to me, it looks like I'm actually kind of excited that it's not Play Dead who's doing it because. I love Play Dead. You know, the, the two games that I mentioned are going to stick in my head for a while, or for a long time to come. But if there's one thing I know about them, it's essentially, it's every single game they ever do, it's like I beat the game, or like, what the fuck just happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like tell me you play, you, you played through Inside, right? Uh, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, did you follow any of that? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember. It, it, I mean, it sure as hell takes a hell of a turn at the very end. Yeah, it's like you're one minute you're like a kid in this camp, and then next thing you know, I'm the thing at the end of Akira. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the hell just happened? And then Limbo, you, you think you're trying to save somebody, and now, it, hey, arguably you've been dead the whole time. <laughs> it's just how it is. Oh. Like, all right, so this one might have an ending that I can understand. So that so I feel like it gets a plus plus one in my books for just for that. So. Nice. <laughs> did you see the uh, Bramble trailer out of curiosity, um, Joe? I did not, but I'm gonna have to check it out because uh, what yeah. you described is uh, quite fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, we're getting to the uh, to the top two here. So what do you got? Um, Let's see, a game that I was surprised to see, um, and surprised to see that it looks as good as it did, uh, was Square Enix's Guardians of the Galaxy, coming from Eidos, Montreal. So, so let me ask you, did you think this was going to be an expansion to Avengers at first? Um, like I, no, because I'm pretty sure I'd read something about, or I read some rumors about um, them making a separate game for, for Guardians, but... Um, but either way, I, uh, I'm not. I'm like I'm trying to remember if it's the same developer under Square Enix. Uh, no, because it was Crystal Dynamics, no. correct for for the Avengers game. So it, yeah, so it's the people who made Deus, uh, Ex. This is, uh, Deus Ex and the Tomb Raider. Right. Games. Yeah. So this is Eidos Montreal uh, working on Guardians, but the game looks pretty slick. If I'm not, <laughs> if I'm being serious here, uh, for a second, um, the game looked pretty good. Um, yeah. What what is this feeling in my chest, Joe? Is it 
hope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because one, the game is uh, a single-player-only game, as opposed to <laughs> Avengers, where the, you know, the game had its own single-player story, but a lot of that game is tied up in multiplayer. Uh, it, it does feel like they listened to feedback on Avengers, because literally the only good thing people said about that game from people who have played it that I've talked to is... The story's good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, did, uh, just a quick aside here, Malcolm. Did you finish that story? Because um, I know you did get that game. Uh, I uh, played through a, a chunk of it, and uh, so far, so far, so good. I, I like it so far. Uh, I got to the part where it tries to introduce you to the MMO part of it, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> But so far, so good. And I do like that each new character they introduce seemingly has like their own little story story campaign yeah. there that you play through to unlock them yeah so. and they did uh reveal finally the the black panther uh stuff for for each adventures game as well during this presentation uh which looked good yeah, yeah it looked great now granted we couldn't see his yeah face they kind of went out of their way to kind of hide to chalice face <laughs> which was uh it's like you know, it's an unfortunate side effect of uh, the tragic passing. Everyone's in a mask going forward. <laughs> like, uh, man, I, I just hope that they, they do that, that man justice. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Oh, okay. But yeah. Guardians. Uh, Guardians looked uh, pretty slick, um, I thought. The game looked like well, it's going to be a lot of fun, captures a lot of the same. I mean, I mean, the Guardians have always been, you know, the, the fun ragtag group of heroes, uh you know the the movie just haven't captured it so well, so everyone. So like you know, I see a lot of people talking about like, oh, they're just aping the movie. Like, no, the this is pretty true to the like that movie was pretty true to the spirit of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So like, they're not gonna suddenly make it a serious game because they want to make it different <laughs> from the movies. Like, no, that's what the Guardians are. They're goofballs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I was listening, like uh, in the. In the thing in the in the Square Enix conference, like I believe they had actually one of the writers who went on to write for them. That essentially the whole idea is they're a bunch of losers, <laughs> and so that it gets you to root for them. Like we like we don't understand how these guys are going to pull it together to make it through, and uh, that's what I like about the Guardians. Like to me, they feel like a newly made D and D party, <laughs> where just like you just get this. Everyone makes their character and they're just sort of clumped together and they have to figure out a way to make it work so that they can succeed. That's essentially the Guardians. Yeah, they're basically held together by bubblegum. And and for me, like, if they're like uh, how they are in the movies, good, because I love the movies. (laughs) Let's more of that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for this game specifically, um, I think you're playing the entire time as as Peter Quill, as Star-Lord. Correct, yeah. I guess if there's a, any bummer to, to, to what they showed, it's like, yeah, I, it would have been kind of cool to, you know, kind of either, um, may, I mean, I don't know what the story of the, the game is going to be, so maybe not switch on the fly, but, you know, if they introduce segments where, you know, you're kicking ass as either Drax or, or Gamora or blowing shit up with a rocket, that would have been pretty cool, but. So the money is probably, they'll probably pull a Final Fantasy 15 where you're just the main character the whole time. And then they'll release DLC <laughs> where you kind of lock the <laughs> each character. Uh, like, oh, we're gonna squeeze uh, money out of you. Don't worry. <laughs> Just because it's not multiplayer like Avengers, we'll, we'll find a way. 
looking at the trailer, the first thing that came came to me is like how great all the characters look. Number one, yeah. Like this is not a you captured their stunt doubles type of situation. Yeah, like the characters don't don't suffer the same kind of uh, kind of scrutiny that the the Avengers did when they revealed that game uh, at first. Where, like you said, yeah, like it looked like you know the stunt doubles for the character for the for the principal actors, you know, looking like like in great value dollar store <laughs> as versions of uh, the iconic characters. Here, they're like, no, like we'll just instead of kind of trying to get fly too close to the sun and trying to recreate you know the mcu designs like we'll just actually do something closer to what they look like in the comic books you know remember remember comic books kids <laughs> where the where these characters come from to begin with yeah like uh it doesn't the guy star lord does not look like chris pratt but he looks he looks good yeah like i like it. like that is like it's like you said it's not chris pratt but that is definitely star lord <laughs> Yeah, and I, I love some of the design choices. Like, I love that he has, like, uh, Star-Lord across the back, and it looks like a rock band uh, <laughs> freaking logo. And, yeah, it looks really good. And I really loved uh, that they added two things to the presentation. One, they had the start screen, where it's just, like, the uh, the Guardians just lounging. <laughs> like, Drax is reading a book, and Star-Lord is listening to some music. And it's just, like, what... It, essentially what they do in their downtime, which is always good. <laughs> and they also show a lot of uh, the back and forth between the Guardians. And it's, for lack of a better term, kind of mass effect-ish, where you're essentially you're, you're Peter Quill and you're, uh, you're Star-Lord and you're making decisions as the group talks and giving them direction <laughs> on what to do. Yeah. And it definitely, to me, it feels like a D&D back and forth. Like this is a group of people are role playing and they're trying to figure out what to do to accomplish their goals. <laughs> and a lot of the decisions that Star Lord makes, uh, you sort of allow you to give like an identity to him. Like if he's more money focused and this is more of a this is just a job type of you can play him like that. Or if you want him to be the heart of the group that uh, cares about uh, his companions, you can play him like that, too. So. I enjoyed quite a bit of it. Uh, how did you like the back and forth? Um, like, I think it, I, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's all there is to it. You know, like the like you said, like the banter between these characters is kind of it's kind of you know like aside from the wacky adventures that they get into, you know, like that's a huge part of the appeal of these characters. Is, you know, the way they interact with each other and like the way they kind of hate to love each other, love to hate each other. Um, it's gonna be fun, man. It's, I think the game looks great. I can't wait to play it, honestly. <laughs> so, what did you think of the combat? Out of curiosity, they showed like two fights. In yeah, the it looked pretty well. slick. Um, you know, with uh, Star Lord kind of dodging, weaving, and kind of uh, shooting stuff as it goes over his head. Uh, like, it's 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 cool to see uh, this developer, I know, Adas Montreal, kind of. Uh, expanding their wheelhouse a bit, you know, because, you know, they, they made those Deus Ex games which were excellent, uh, but those are much slower, much more, you know, plotting uh, first-person kind of like RPGs. Uh, whereas this, you know, kind of being this cool-ass run-and-gun third-person shooter, basically, um, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they handle it, but I'm optimistic. Uh, there was an interesting part where essentially, for lack of a better term, uh, Star-Lord hits a limit break, which starts this uh, music start playing. And I, and 
I guess the uh, load up bars for the uh, team attacks uh, start becoming more frequent. So you're able to hit like this rush of attacks and what have you. Uh, I, one of the YouTubers that I was uh, who was doing a reaction to it brought up the good point that this could uh, because they have so far in the trailer alone, they had like a, a ton of licensed songs to a point that when they re-uploaded the trailer, they actually changed a lot of the music <laughs> in the trailer. So someone brought up that they kind of wonder if there will be like a YouTube mode or something because they could see like a lot of playthroughs getting taken down because of the music. You can blame Metallica for that. <laughs> blame Metallica for, tw- for the past 25 years of music copyright stuff. Yeah, them and Napster, that's what caused it. <laughs> but, yeah. Which reminds me, like, uh, I, like Metallica like played... A concert, by the way, um, uh, for BlizzCon, uh, I think like six weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, they're broadcasting this show on Twitch, uh, and <laughs> the show got muted, and they played, in the, they, they played generic music on top of Metallica's concert <laughs> because it got hit with a DMCA strike. It was like, reap what you sow, you dumb assholes. <laughs> But yeah, this this game was such a pleasant surprise because I I hadn't heard that they were developing. I, I'm assuming that probably Square's got a few Marvel games going on at this point. Yeah, but I didn't have to assume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't know Guardians was one of them, and I don't know if the team reacted in real time to Avengers. They definitely had time to react to it, but I think they realized okay, so there's certain things we. Certain boxes we need to check with these Marvel games going yeah, forward. and certain boxes that we don't check. <laughs> it's like, okay, so people like single player and don't make it an MMO and design it this way. Got it. And uh, they did. And the characters all look great. Groot looks fantastic. Rocket looks like Rocket. Uh, Drax has that. I love his design. And Gamora, I, I enjoy it. Like, they're all there. And they have, like, and the promise of like characters I haven't heard of, as well as like characters I know from the movies reoccurring, has me pretty excited. And and these games are a great way to learn about the comic book lore. Like I remember a lot of the early Spider-Man games. I I knew really nothing about Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I came to realize, and then certain the PlayStation game came out, and then the movie games came out, and I got a much better understanding yeah. for them. So I'm super stoked. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I think. And that game also, I believe, the 26th of October, is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a busy month. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least two games I'm getting yeah. for my birthday. Uh, next on my list, number two, a game that, once again, came out of nowhere, and that I couldn't tell if it was DLC or not, but it's not DLC. It's its own bloody game. <laughs> it's Tiny Tino's Wonderland. Yeah, that was, that was a strange announcement. <laughs> definitely because at first like it feels like it's just going to be like a fantasy game and then you notice at the wizard at some point pulling out a double barrel shotgun and then a bunch of ruins popping up to shoot the spell <laughs> like okay that's interesting and then you see tiny tina appear and say roll for niche initiative bitches <laughs> and you're like oh shit <laughs> and it drops and at first i'm like okay is this dlc for three yeah uh, but no it's its own game should have been heavily hinted at the fact that it's called Wonderland, sort of a play on Borderlands yeah. and whatnot. 
and uh, it's a basically its own game from arguably the most popular DLC that that the studio did, and that was for that was Tiny Tina's uh, basically D and D adventure, right. uh, Dungeons and Badasses, I believe it was Something called. Like uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting because, uh, and I'm actually pretty stoked for it. As with the Borderland games, believe it or not, I kind of find that they sort of like work themselves in the corner, enemy wise. Mm. You've got like the uh, basically multiple versions of psychos, <laughs> and three didn't come off too well because, as I've, I've heard a lot of complaints with the. Uh, what they was a lot of decisions they did with the story and particularly one character that they decided to give a push to that no one liked <laughs> and so they're like so this kind of feels like an about phase like okay people like tiny tina let's do something with her <laughs> but yeah it it looks really interesting a lot of the ideas is uh, seem interesting like there's no grenades in this game believe it or not like Instead, it's going to be replaced with ruins, which get which give your characters unique abilities. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, different classes of characters for the game. As admittingly, I didn't actually enjoy the classes in three. Like there was no no character in Borderlands three that really stuck out to me. Like oh, I want to play this character all the way to the end and max them out, which one and two had, but I didn't get that feeling with this one here. Uh, but Tiny Tina is a uh, is a fantastic character, and uh, timeline wise, it actually this is actually just after one and before, or excuse me, just after two, but before three. So, while she grew up a bit in Borderlands Three, she's actually still the little girl that you saw in two. Okay, which. Like okay, so and like it's weird that they had to like specify that it's in this point of the timeline, but whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm super stoked about it. Uh, what about you, Joe? This, is this the game that might get you to try Borderlands? Uh, I mean, I played the hell out of the first Borderlands, uh, and I played a little bit of Borderlands too, and kind of fell off of it from there. Um, I don't know, man. Um, like I like Tiny Tina. Like I know people enjoyed. <laughs> that character in that DLC, um, I'm not necessarily one of them. <laughs> so to, you interviewed the voice actress, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I, I interviewed Ashley Birch. She's a delightful person. Um, <laughs> you should also watch her show, Mystic Quest, on Apple TV Plus. It's very funny. <laughs> um, Ooh, okay. But yeah, man, uh, uh, I'm glad you're excited for it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, is this your advance war? <laughs> this, this is pretty much, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I know I'm in the minority uh, as far as, you know, people who play that DLC and, you know, have that exposure to that character. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no release date has been given. I think it's this is one of those 2022 games. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. Let me, let me double check that. But uh, now, did they say what was it only going to be on PS5 and xbox series consoles or is that coming to ps4 as well uh i hmm everything seems to be coming to ps4 but uh as at the very least i know it's coming out to ps5 and the new xbox here let me see but i'm super stoked for it Uh, i can't wait for it i know that uh sandra is going to want to play it quite a bit as well i mean because the 
the the cast of the game also is pretty 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 uh, stacked. Uh, of course, you know, like you've got Tina played by Ashley Birch, but you've got Will Arnett, Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes are all part of the voice cast as well. It, it's about as of uh, an all star cast of the as the movie they're doing of Borderlands as well. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, it's on PS5, PS4, Xbox, X, and S series, Xbox One, Steam, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and that's for and that's early 2022. All right, excellent. How crazy is that movie? Have you heard any of the cast there? Like, yeah, the casting looks like crazy enough that like they might pull it off. <laughs> but then uh, I saw that Randy Pitchford himself was down there, kind of annoying everyone. So <laughs> hopefully he doesn't put his hands on it too much. Because uh, that movie might work. Uh, it's just crazy enough that it might work. Uh, I'm sure he was there just uh, trying to do magic tricks for him. <laughs> hey, have you guys played the Aliens called Rolling Marines? <laughs> Real good, I promise. Doing really bad magic tricks that you could see how it's done. <laughs> So, like, just looking at this, like, uh, the one that pissed off Sandra was that they got Kevin Hart to play Roland. <laughs> right. Which uh, is kind of like getting Jack Black to play Optimus Prime. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jack Black is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> he is in this movie, by the way, playing Cap Claptrap, which is appropriate. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do great. Yeah. Oh, man, I love Jack Black. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not too many, like, Clay... Kate Blanchett is in yeah, this? Yeah, like she's playing, uh, what's her name? The, 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 the Siren. Lilith. Yeah, as the, the red, like her with red hair is going to be interesting. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty nuts that she was cast as Hera in Thor Ragnarok, and she pulled that off with flying colors. Oh, God, she was great in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, so I'm, I'm confident that she can do whatever she wants and make it work <laughs> brilliantly. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Tiny Tina, looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game, at least for the Spinetti household, <laughs> that Joe will be playing Advanced Wars, yeah. I'm sure, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy, what possibly won you over so much that it's your number one pick? Uh, man, well, for me, I, I, I don't think it would be shocking to anyone to, to know that I'm really excited for uh, the Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker HD, no, <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild 2 was finally shown, uh, I mean, they don't, it's not officially called Breath of the Wild 2, for them it's still the sequel to the Breath of the Wild, <laughs> uh, which is crazy uh, to think about since they revealed that game at first two years ago and they still don't have an official title for it, um, but Nevertheless, uh, they they showed off a trailer for that, and um, yep, that looks that looks magnificent. That looks like it's going to be a very worthy follow up to one of the best games I've ever played uh, in Breath of the Wild One. Um, so it kind of goes without saying that I'm excited for this uh, to come out uh, sometime in 2022. Uh, they also did not have a <laughs> firm release date for that. Um, fortunately for for Horizon uh, Zero. Uh, for Horizon <laughs> Forbidden West, uh, they're probably not going to be releasing that same week again. Something I found out that pleases me as a longtime uh, Link fan mm. is that Breath of the Wild so far has outsold every Mario game <laughs> that's come on the Switch so far, uh, which apparently never happens. 
Well, I mean, it helps that it launched with the system. It does, but <laughs> it's Mario. Like, <laughs> um, hmm. I'll have to double check. I'll have to 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 fact check that particular uh, claim. But yeah, I guess I can see that. And I mean, for I mean, for one, Breath of the Wild uh, one games don't get a whole lot better than that. Let me tell you, that's like that's yeah. the game that people are still kind of trying to emulate. Uh, you know, four and a half years later, you know, like you've got what's that game from Ubisoft that came out? Uh, this past Assassin's Creed. No. <laughs> uh, oh God, damn it! <laughs> uh, damn it! What is the, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla? God damn you! <laughs> uh, it's it, it's it. It definitely wasn't Beyond Good and Evil and, Two. I'll tell you that. God, much. where is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's been like two years since they last showed that. <laughs> By the way, Psychonauts Two. Jesus, welcome. <laughs> You're just rattling off random games now. Uh, was it Immort- Immortals? Phoenix Rising. That's the one. Oh. Yeah, like that's uh, like a mythology take on... like It's another Ubisoft open world game, but like a lot of the traversal in the, in the art was reminiscent of uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, like even, you know, RK's beloved Genshin Impact, take, you know, cribs a lot from Breath of the Wild. Um, like there's there's so many games that are like hey what if we did this kind of like Breath of the Wild (laughs) Um, you were one game away from me saying Avatar Frontiers by the way oh my god oh god they're making an Avatar game by the way (laughs) yeah they are they are oh man why (laughs) oh oh by the way did you know that Avatar actually recently this apparently was big news that I missed during the pandemic but uh, or at some point in the last year, where they re-released in China for one week just so that they could regain the title as the top-grossing <laughs> movie of all time from Avengers Endgame. God, that movie is insanely popular. Uh, it, I have no idea why. And <laughs> and no one can tell you what the fuck the movie is about. <laughs> like that game, that movie oh. made more money than God, and no one can tell you what it's about. Like what happened to that yeah. movie? You can't. You can't tell me who's who's even in the movie. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I saw that movie when it, it came out. I don't remember any of it. It was a better movie when it was Last Samurai and Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you say so, because I don't remember. <laughs> I just have no recollection of that movie whatsoever. Like, I remember it. I do. I, I do not understand why it's popular. Like, the story is has been done, as I pointed out with the joke the acting is okay like uh it's one of the first film believe it or not it's one of the first films of zoe saldana right who went on to have a uh, fantastic fantastic career still ongoing fantastic <laughs> career right uh and the main protagonist is feels like he's doing a parody of every 80s villain <laughs> i've ever seen in my life man and, and it had graphics that were cool at the time but are pretty meh no i mean the movie looked pretty spectacular i do remember that yeah it's a, and you know they had 3d which i i think the box that i have has a 3d version that i'm never going to watch but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like it, it, the movie looks great fine i'll give it that but that's real that's like i don't understand like the mass appeal like it has the fandom that I feel like Star Wars has, but the thing with Star Wars is that it has multiple movies. It's literally just the one movie yeah. and a promise of four more. <laughs> like ten years after the first movie. Exactly. Like 
Uh, like I am so hoping the the sequel fails when it does eventually come out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Breath of the Wild Two looks great. Um, yeah that's yeah that's a game i'm really excited for uh for for obvious reasons like i said that that first game was so special uh and just kind of upended what uh what an open world game could be uh at the time and it feels like people like i said it feels like a lot of games are still kind of playing catch up uh Mm. with breath of the wild uh in terms of like open world exploration it's weird like i like for that time, for like that month and a half that I was playing religiously, like it was such a unique experience. Like I, I believe we even talked about on the show where I would find this new area and there would be this thing I haven't seen. Like there, <laughs> like there'd be a freaking dragon, storm dragon. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then I would talk with Joe. And you're like, well, you think that's crazy? Have you tried doing this? And you're like, what? And it was like the game is literally just nothing but discovery. Yeah. That is the incredible thing about it. It's just like, it's one of those games where you could talk with friends and you both have different stories. Like, I kind of, if I could change one thing though, the whole weapon durability thing, I, I hope they like make make the weapons a little stronger, you know, so that, that I'm not scared to use freaking weapons uh, in the game. Eh, I think that got overblown a little bit. Like it's annoying at first, but you, I mean, you've eventually collected so many weapons that you know you should be able to handle basically anything that the game throws at you by the time you get to even the halfway point i think it's just a matter of like for people like me who are those people that have like 99 elixirs when they finish Final yeah Fantasy. that's uh, that's a you problem there buddy <laughs> like, no, no it's a wide grown problem <laughs> like you uh like you have an inventory uh go ahead, it's like go you, ahead you swipe it. 10 times and the shit dies like or the thing blows up it's like who are these blacksmiths <laughs> that make such awful weapons? <laughs> is this a problem in Hyrule Warriors, out of curiosity? Uh, or the- I never played Hyrule Warriors, but I don't think so. <laughs> it would be funny if you, like, swipe two times and the thing goes, <laughs> oh, game over. <laughs> but anyway, like, I- I'm being silly here. But the game is going to be great. Like, or I- I'm a little worried, admittingly, just because... There was such, there was such this mat. The first game was so magical, like I, I'm kind of like I know it's the same team, it's the same guy, like it's literally just like a few, like uh, a couple of years later. But I, I'm a little worried. I, I'm, I hope that they can they can capture that magic one more time. Um, yes, I have full confidence that Nintendo, developer of many magical Legend of Zelda games, can recapture the magic and make another very good to excellent to amazing Legend of Zelda game. I don't know, man. They made Advance Wars. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> That's it. Hey, uh, there's a Seven uh, Eleven somewhere with a bunch of Wii titles from <laughs> 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 the bargain that had that Nintendo seal of uh, uh, approval like a uh, ginger ninja man or whatever it was called. Hey man, I'm talking about actual Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That wasn't a Miyamoto joint. <laughs> 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 but anyway, all all uh, all silliness aside, uh yeah, look definitely look forward to Breath of the Wild 2. 
or whatever it's going to call, be called. Do you have any guesses on what it's going to call? I have no idea. <laughs> For knowing Nintendo, they'll probably just call it New Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Breath of the Wild U. <laughs> Breath of the Wild Deluxe. Uh, Link has a Switch. Anyway. So. Hey, they gave him a shirt. A uh, Switch shirt, remember? That first game. That's right. <laughs> Just a t-shirt with a Switch logo on it. The most game-breaking item in the <laughs> game. <laughs> like, yep, I'm sure playing a video game now. <laughs> Speaking of items that won't be in my number one pick. <laughs> All right, folks. All kidding aside, I'm a Souls guy. I'm a fan of everything Miyazaki has done since Demon Souls. I played through that game. I bought all three the, uh, Dark Souls games, even platinuming the second one, which is still quite the achievement of mine. And, of course, there's pl- playing uh, Sek- Sekiro and, of course, Demon's Souls Remaster, which is a phenomenal launch title once again. So, apparently this was announced... I, I forgot. I'll be frank. I forgot about the number one game that I'm about to talk about because it was announced like what, maybe five years ago. It feels like a long time ago. And it was a uh, title by the name of Elden Rings, mm. in which case it's a game that was being it was going to be Izaki teaming up with George R. R. Martin. <laughs> That's why when after they announced it and we heard nothing about it, it's like, well, this is just never coming out. <laughs> yeah, like that's for that. It's never coming. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably why. Like we've we've had like an entire Game of Thrones in the time that they announced that, but <laughs> they finally came back and gave us a trailer. And what an interesting trailer it was! In which case, we saw a lot of the interesting. Like for for me, this is like pretty interesting. A lot of the stuff you see in the trailer, like for instance, your main character jumps. And uh, so it feels like a combination, not unlike uh, Final Fantasy VII, where it was like a remake, where it was a combination of lessons squared learned from all its other games. This feels like a combination of lessons it learned in other games. Like your character is agile, like in Sekiro. It's this huge, expansive world, not unlike the Souls games. And you can uh, combine and you can make the character to be whatever you want and it's a giant open world where even the obstacles traverse like there's a at one point in the trailer there's this interesting scene where you're on horseback which is another lesson from actually no i don't think it's from sekiro i'm probably confusing it with ghosts but anyway uh so there's a So there's a scene where the main character is charging at this horse-drawn, well, not horse-drawn, a giant-drawn carriage. And apparently this carriage actually travels all throughout the map. So while in this uh, shot that he basically charged at it on horseback to take out the rider and whatnot, there was a scene, there were, they showed screenshots of, of uh, the character in a different landscape where there were bushes around so he could stealth his way onto the uh, cart to take it down. So multiple strategies you can employ. There's also interesting uh, versions of uh, co-op characters where, yeah, they can be other warriors, but sometimes they can be apparently phoenixes and various (laughs) other creatures that help you take down enemies. 
And the combat looked pretty incredible. Like, uh, fast-paced, just like Sekiro. There was parrying, and uh, a lot of the creatures were freaking metal as hell. Like, there's a scene where a dragon catches a bolt of lightning and then slams it in the ground at you. So the challenge is definitely going to be there. And everything just looks so wondrous. Like, there's a giant uh, Yagdrisseral like tree in the background of the game and uh it it's just like this interesting note of wonder and uh in this game your character is known as a corrupted as uh creatures that die in this game slowly but surely start to crumble as you can see from multiple enemies including one called the valkyrie where she had essentially a rusted arm Arm that was replaced by a giant metal arm, and I'm nerding out, and Joe's probably playing on his game and watch right now. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but I am super stoked. This feels like this is going to be the big game that I'm going to be playing, playing for a while when it when it drops, and un- it is coming in 2022. And unlike other 2022 games, this one actually has a date, January 21st, 2022. <laughs> so. I'm super stoked about it. I'm vi- like all kidding inside. I'm actually quite curious what what uh, Hizaki and Martin can do joining forces and meld melding the minds together. Let's see from the sounds of it. Uh, Miyazaki can contact this is from Wikipedia. He contacted uh, George R. R. Martin, R. 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 Martin uh, to to see if he wanted to work together on a project. Uh, giving him the creative freedom to write the overarching backstory of the game's universe. And then Miyazaki used uh, these contributions as the foundation of the game's narrative, comparing the process to that of using a Dungeon Master's Handbook in a tabletop RPG. Like, I am... I am down. <laughs> and that sounds like a brilliant way of doing it and about it. Yeah, like, like it seems like George R. R. Martin will do literally anything to not finish that last book of his... <laughs> Including make a whole video game. <laughs> Making a whole video game for us before <laughs> this game came <laughs> Though that being said, uh, as far as... If there's one thing I've learned from artist type like George R.R. R. Martin, who kind of reminds me of a Hideo Kojima at this point, where it just feels like he's... He'll take forever. <laughs> needs to be reined in. And Miyazaki, the guy behind all the Souls game... Say what you will with about him. And if you're Joe, you have. And never play any of his games, sure. But you got to admit, that guy gets shit done. Yeah. The fact that he's he's released, like, now six Souls games. Like, keep him... Just consider how huge a Souls game yeah. is. He's released six of them. <laughs> and it in the time that it, it took... Probably for us to get from Kingdom Hearts 2 to 3, he's released six Souls games. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And I'm sure Miyazaki was there at his ap- at uh, Martin's apartment each day knocking on the door. Hey, wake your ass up. We're making a game. <laughs> get your ass out of bed. <laughs> now I want a sitcom where those two are sharing an apartment. <laughs> But I am I'm super stoked about it. Uh, did you did you happen to see the trailer? I did watch the trailer, um, and you know the game does look impressive to be sure. Uh, oh yeah, it looks incredible. Honestly, <laughs> um, I'll just never play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As uh, is tradition on the show, Joe will not play the game. <laughs> as yep. 
as I want to do. Um, I can be impressed by and then never and also never play uh, these Souls games. Yeah, and I know that Miyazaki's probably going to put his heart and soul into this. Um, uh, something that happened in the last time we play, we uh, did a show here. Uh, but a big inspiration for him was Berserk, mm. which the creator was Kentaro Miura, who uh, and Berserk has been going on for a while. Like, uh, uh, like full disclosure, I'm 40, <laughs> and I was watching the anime when I was in high school, and the. Unfortunately, it's one of those animes or the, one of those mangas where he would do a chapter maybe once a month. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, he did pass away a, uh, recently here. One of my creating the guy behind one of the most iconic animes of all time. And it's interesting. It's crazy to think that this anime directly inspired the creations of one of my favorite video game genres. And uh, I know Miyazaki has noted he's an inspiration. In fact, if you look at a lot of the enemies in armor, you can see a lot of Berserk in there. You know, like when he passed, you know, like I saw a lot of tributes on Twitter. And like, it's like, man, like this guy inspired, you know, not just, you know, these Souls games, but like so much more (laughs) than just that. (laughs) Like even just like, you know, Cloud's Buster Sword. Um, Yeah. Like that's pretty much right right out of the page of Berserk. Like he was pretty much the the if the, you see an anime character with a gigantic sword that makes no logical sense he can wield you can thank Berserk for that. <laughs> yep. Uh, and there's going to be plenty of that in Elden Rings as well. So uh, rest in rest in peace, Kentaro. And I am looking forward to Elden Ring. Yeah. All right, Joe. So it's time for your number one pick. What is it? Oh, that was it. That was. That's that's five. Oh, <laughs> I was so wrapped up in my own stuff. Okay, so all right. So before we move on, Joe, really quick though, I want to bring up three entries in what I call the Hall of Shame. Mm. So number one, uh, one of the games that got announced, Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> Who asked for this? <laughs> I don't know. Because, man, I feel like he had all the... Like, I, I love I love my boy Kojima. <laughs> my, my boy Hideo go way back. Why is there a director's cut of this game? Like, that feels like... It feels like they had pretty much the freedom to go whole hog with Death Stranding. Like, yeah, it feels like that game was inherently a director's cut. <laughs> like, what does a director's cut of that game look like? And the thing is, like, not to kick it while it's down, but I didn't hear this game sell great numbers. Yeah. It's like, and on top of that, this dickhead has the audacity to do the trailer like he's doing Metal Gear. (laughs) (laughs) At a time where there are rumors rampant that he's doing a Metal Gear, your solid game, remake of the game. And, uh, And the shit is like seven minutes long. And at the end of it, it's like Death Stranding, <laughs> director's cut. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't. I mean, it's coming to PS Five. I guess that's the most interesting part of it. <laughs> um, as a PS Five native game, uh, I don't know if it's going to be like a free upgrade for your PS Four version, or if you have to buy it separately. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just infuriating. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I threw a pillow at the TV. I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's one. Uh, the next game that gets the finger of shame 
is the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles that was announced. What are you talking about, Malcolm? All right. So let me get this straight, Joe. Real quick. They they have a Sherlock character like <laughs> character in this game. Uh-huh. And his name is Herlock Schloms. I see no issues here. What are you talking about? There, there's, <laughs> that is the high delay. <laughs> How did this get through legal? Like, well, because you t- I mean that's easy. That like Sherlock Holmes is a public domain character. It is not a public domain he, character. He absolutely is. <laughs> he is not a public domain character. Here, like, I kind of feel like that. Like, real quick here, you. Look it up. We're gonna look this up live on the air. <laughs> Public Sherlock domain. Holmes. Public domain. Yeah, like Kenan Doyle Estate ruled that the copyright protection over Sherlock Holmes' entire character does not extend because those work not yet in the public domain. Yeah, like some of the like story, specific stories are not public domain, but the character is definitely public domain. So, in what, in which case, why not just call him Sherlock <laughs> because, Holmes? What? Because that that makes it even worse, Joe. No, you made the situation that guy even plays worse. The series is charms and humor of coming up with charms. ridiculous names for characters. If you played more Ace like, Attorney games, Malcolm, you know that these names, these characters, have ridiculous names. Joe, this is stupid. Yes, like, yes, it is. This, I agree. This is the and I love it. <laughs> This feels like a five-year-old wrote this. What? What is this? <laughs> Herlock Sholmes, classic, classic, uh, beloved sleuth. God bless him. By the way, uh, they also announced Sherlock Holmes Chapter One, which I've been in, meaning to dive into those games. <laughs> but if this is if they're starting from the first one, I'm kind of into it. So <laughs> that almost made my list there. And there was another one. And finally, <laughs> number one. With a chaotic bullet. (laughs) Final Fantasy Origins uh, was Stranger in Paradise or something like that. Like it's not often I see a trailer. Like I want to stress this cat was the main event for Square Enix's entire show. I mean, it's a final. It's a new Final Fantasy game, so I see where they're going with that. A show that had Guardians of the Goddamn Galaxy on it, (laughs) and I I watched this. And the first thing I thought, I it's not often that I see a trailer and I check the calendar because I think it might be April 1st. <laughs> I'm watching this trailer. It feels like a parody of trailers <laughs> to the point that I I showed it to my wife. She didn't believe it was real. <laughs> like, if you guys haven't seen the trailer, I invite you to go see the trailer for a laugh. I showed this to Joe and RK and they, they were... <laughs> Joe, what was going through your head when you saw this trailer? Oh, uh, God. It, I mean, the trailer, if I'm being honest, <laughs> looked like hot horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels like every 90s game I've ever played, if they combined, like, Voltron into one mega game. Because it's essentially, it's like three characters who have no distinguishing features whatsoever. Yes, the main character is man in shirt. <laughs> yeah, like he he looks kind of like Eminem, but he's like he's coming in. He's like I'm here to destroy chaos, 
chaos. I am born to kill. I get my entire life is focused <laughs> on killing chaos. And the whole time it's doing like these weird animations and attacks <laughs> and whatnot. And he says chaos so many times that it feels like a parody of itself. In fact, I actually showed them later. They're already parodies of this trailer oh, coming out. <laughs> oh my God. And eventually we get to the big shocker and you, we come across Garland for those who some of you are like, what? And some of you are like, who's that? And Garland is the main antagonist of final fantasy one. Right. And then that's when we come to the reveal and what a waste of reveal it was where this is essentially a reimagining of final fantasy (laughs) one. And you see this big epic boss fight, and I, I know I just said I hate to use the term, but it almost felt like a Souls-like type of game. But <laughs> or essentially, you're you're all taking them on there, and uh, they announce they reveal the name of the game, and they also reveal coming soon a demo. Uh, Joe, that demo is actually out right yes, now. Yes, <laughs> it's out right now, um, which I hear doesn't play too bad. Like I hear like. Granted, the, the the demo was corrupted. <laughs> uh, I was about to say the first day there, there was no playing did, that game. They did have to take the unprecedented step of having to patch the fucking demo uh, to work so that it could work <laughs> on your goddamn console. Um, but once they did that, I hear that's it, not too bad uh, gameplay wise because you know for as ridiculous as this goddamn trailer was. Um, the developer for the game is still Team Ninja. Oh yeah, that, that's something. I <laughs> like, yeah, this is Team like Ninja. That is, a, that is a developer with an actual pedigree of high quality games. So you know, like from from what I gather, the the demo itself is, is not bad. Yeah, so I, I'll be looking forward to playing that in the upcoming days that I have off here. But uh, it, that's kind of the tragedy of this. Like it, from I've heard good reviews of it. I've watched several playthroughs of it, and. Uh, if you're Team Ninja, how pissed off are you? <laughs> I'm sure they were looking at this trailer and like we gave them over a hundred hours of gameplay footage, and that's what they put <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I mean, because damn man, like you know, Team Ninja, they've they've done you know Ninja Gaiden games, they did the Neo games, you know, like you can trust them to make a quality game for you. Mm-hmm. So for Square Enix to, like you said, cut up a trailer. <laughs> That looks like that. Uh, it sounds like that. Uh, they, they, they must be pretty disappointing for the folks over there. <laughs> the voice actor of that protagonist is just hanging his head like my career is ruined. <laughs> I'm ruined. <laughs> it was probably Nolan North, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But yes. Uh, also, look up the parodies of this trailer too. It's it's pretty spectacular. Like it's. I wonder if this game will become a meme. Like, if that's if it will become like the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure of freaking uh, games out there. But <laughs> no, I think the I mean, like in this moment, it's it's very funny. <laughs> but by the time that game comes out in twenty twenty two, and you know, people actually play the whole thing through, I'm sure that you know this will be like a funny footnote. But I think the game itself will be fine. Yeah, I would say like. Sit sit out the summer, wait for the heat to die down, <laughs> and then like September first or whatever, release a new trailer and uh, 
have someone who knows how to cut a trailer <laughs> cut that and you should be fine. <laughs> All right, and that were our thoughts on uh, E3. Uh, we have a mailbag, by the way. Mailbag at thefirmup.com. Or is it mailbag at firmup.com? No, a mailbag at thefirmup. Mailbag at thefirmup.com. Let us know what you what you like from uh, the la- last week there. Any games that stuck out to you and why, we, we'll read it on the show. We, oh, we're practically begging for emails. Go right ahead. So anyway. <laughs> All right, Joe, so... Oh, that was our thoughts on E3. Joe, what have you been up to video game-wise? Um, well, really the only game I've been playing, uh, or games rather, uh, since the last episode has been Mass Effect The Legendary Edition, uh, which came out not too long after uh, we recorded the last show. Um, you know, at the last show, I was that, like that show was dominated by me playing MLB 21, and this time around, I've been playing pretty much nothing but uh, Mass Effect. And, oh boy, let me tell you, Malcolm, those games still hold up as really goddamn good. <laughs> Holy hell. Um, and, you know, with this Legendary Edition especially, um, the way they've updated those games has been really great. Like, I'm extremely happy with what, they, what they've done here. With Mass Effect 1 specifically, um, like, that game sees the greatest overall improvement based on just the age of that game. That game came out in tw- at the end of 2007, and uh, definitely looks like a 14-year-old game when you go back to play it on 360. <laughs> so, you know, the way that they updated it for this Legendary Edition has been very welcome. You know, they updated the, the, the textures and the frame rate. So, like, it, all three games run at 4K60 uh, if you're playing it on, uh, you know, either an Xbox Series X or PS5. Um, even though they're technically backwards compatible games. But, you know, the text that you're on new consoles like hey let's kick it up to 4k 60 for you and it's fantastic <laughs> like just a beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> to look at uh and for mass effect one specifically they also overhauled the ui uh so it looks closer to uh mass effect andromeda's ui which was you know a, a great looking game uh with the ui you know the load times are practically non-existent and yeah like from a presentation standpoint it definitely stands up a lot more evenly with its you know with its sequels um, you know, they also tweaked the leveling because uh, uh, originally that game had a, a level cap of you know 60 um, in the original game, but they kind of tweaked it so that it, um, you can switch back and forth. If you want to still use the same leveling system, you can, but they updated it so that you can level up to level 30, which is the cap on Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, hmm. So you can switch it back and forth if you're a purist, but um, man, that game is still probably my favorite of the three games in the trilogy, um, you know, Mass Effect 2, you know, is better, you know, in a lot of meaningful ways uh, in terms of, you know, design and, and visuals, but man, it's still, in terms of like the story and the way it sets up that entire universe, like Mass Effect 1 is still a special, special game, I think. You know, playing it through again, like, and hitting all the story beats and remembering, like, I'm just flashing back to like all the different things that, that happened and, and like how, it, like, I was in awe of that entire universe like I've never been like I've never been a big sci-fi guy to be honest if I was if I I'm being honest like I've always like appreciated Star Wars and like Star Trek from a distance but never like really got into them in a big way but like playing Mass Effect 1 like on a lark because like I had like a Best Buy gift card in 2007 I was like all right let me check this out (laughs) Hmm. and then like instantly falling in love with like everything about that universe 
um, and, you know, and going back to the game now and like opening the codex and hearing that narrator's voice narrate the different species and the different ships and like the different weapons, like, oh man, this takes me back. You know, like they even updated the, the, tra the traversal vehicle in that game, the, the Mako. Uh, which people mm. absolutely hated, or a lot of people it's, either really hated it, or you're a psychopath like me who absolutely loved <laughs> bouncing around the, all the planets with that stupid car. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm a huge apologist for that thing. Like, I think it's a lot of fun bouncing around the terrain with that thing. Um, but but if, you, but if you hate it, you actually hate it. If you're like me, you, you think it's just a fun t thing to drive around anyway. Man, do I love Mass Effect 1. <laughs> like, I will gush about that game forever and ever and ever. Uh, now, have you beaten... Now, it's all three games. Have you beaten one yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm almost done with Mass Effect 2. Uh, I've gotten... Oh. I've gotten <laughs> pretty far in all this. Um, and Mass Effect 1 isn't a super long game. It, you can beat it all the way through doing pretty much all the side stuff and even the DLC. Um mission in about 35 hours it's not a super long game at all as far as hmm. rpgs go uh, mass effect 2 is a, a bigger game for sure uh the missions there um there, i mean there's just more to do because you're recruiting so many more party members uh you're going on special missions with them to like really gain their loyalty it's like it's just a huge it's a much bigger game in scope than than the original game yeah, like that game is still has one of the most dramatic openings of a game sequel that I've ever played. It's it's just so damn cool. <laughs> um, and you know, like even though the game already looked a lot better than Mass Effect One, the 4K 60 treatment uh, is still really, really a huge improvement over the 360 slash PS3 original versions. All right, so big question here about Mass Effect Two in this yes. game. Does it have the comic book? Another day in space intro. <laughs> uh, you can go through it if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> you can go through it if you'd like. Um, but, you know, if you play through Mass Effect 1, uh, you don't need to do that. And, you know, the only, re the only reason they even made <laughs> that goofy comic uh, was because uh, Mass Effect 2, you know, the big, one of the big draws of the whole trilogy is that, yeah, your save carries over from game to game. And the decisions you make impact, you know, characters. That you, like, you'll see something you do here impact the next game. But Mass Effect 1, at the time, was a, next, was a 360 exclusive. Uh, but when Mass Effect 2 came out, uh, EA had just bought Bioware, and they're like, we're absolutely putting your game everywhere, so it's going to be on PS3 also. But, you know, PS3 owners or players of Mass Effect 2, like, well, we didn't play Mass Effect 1. <laughs> uh, so they came up and made that goofy comic for you to see kind of like a story recap of Mass Effect 1. If you ever want, for those who don't know, if you ever wanted to know how badass as uh, Shepard is, they, he, he lightheartedly recounts his adventure, joking about it, as he's burning on re-entry into work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like record scratch <laughs> I bet you're wondering how I got here <laughs> see that there that's me well let me tell you like sir you're burning the entry <laughs> sir you're, you're dying sir would have been great if just as he's about to go into entry 
you see it cuts to black and white and there's a to be continued as roundabout <laughs> plays but anyway <laughs> oh but man uh mass effect 2 though it's still one of the best sequels like i've ever played um oh, yeah. like just a tremendous game like one of, like absolutely one of my very favorite games from that generation uh and of all time honestly like in terms of gameplay like it's just a huge step up from mass effect 1 especially when it comes to like biotics you know like without like not your actual firearms but like your psychic powers that kind of like like in mass effect 1 they barely they seem to barely do anything like i even played like when i first played mass effect 1 back in the day like i played it just as a straight up soldier so i didn't have any biotics uh for myself mm -hmm. i had to rely on the biotics of you know my squad mates but like replaying mass effect 1 now it's like you know i played as a biotic in andromeda and i had a ton of fun doing that so i was like all right let me play as a biotic in mass effect 1 finally and yeah like i just basically did not use my biotics at all because they just didn't seem to have any real impact oh, wow. um, but mass effect 2 like it's such a huge improvement because you can combine biotic powers even like if you like someone can like lift uh an enemy and then you can like warp on top of that and like make a huge explosion like it's like it's awesome like it's like it really is like an impact like a huge impact in like the literal sense of the world word it's like it's like the the things you can do in that game are, are so much more fun uh, from a combat perspective. Um, and then here, instead of improving the Mako, <laughs> the, the traversal vehicle, um, they just kind of removed traversal from the game <laughs> altogether. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, they, they introduced a, a, a different vehicle through DLC, which is all included in the, in the Legendary Edition. Nice. Um, but for me, like, I still prefer the Mako. <laughs> like, I love that goofy thing. Um, and you know, like all the DLCs included, um, like there's two huge story DLCs that are part of Mass Effect 2, uh, and they're both still excellent. Um, like they're good, like hour and a half chunk, um, story elements. Um, they are probably better served, uh, after you play through the, the full game and kind of go back to their save and kind of clean up afterwards. Um, but yeah, man, Mass Effect 2, uh, still... Still slaps. Still slaps hard, that game. And no bugs. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the weirdest bug that's been persisting through Mass Effect 2 for me, which is really weird, because it's not a bug that I experienced when I played the game originally. Um, you know, like, I was able to, to tell you exactly how many hours I played playing Mass Effect 1 just now, right? About 35 hours, like right. I said. Because when you save, it tells you exactly how many hours and minutes you played uh but this yeah. weird bug with mass effect 2 um it just kind of randomly resets the timer <laughs> on your save file <laughs> um so like i got up to like 15 hours uh of playthrough of playing through the game originally and then uh i turned off the game i came back to it made a new, uh like i played maybe another hour and a half uh made a save <laughs> and it's like yeah you've been playing an hour and a half I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it'll just randomly reset that counter now. Um, so, like, I have no idea how long I've been playing Mass Effect 2 because it just randomly resets when it wants to. But um, it, it sounds like Joe just became a speedrunner. <laughs> it's like, wow, I collect Mass Effect 2 in 20 minutes. Awesome. <laughs> um, Call Guinness, and you're like, yeah, I beat this game in 30. I beat Mass Effect 1 in 30 minutes. That's all right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Mass Effect 2, man. That game is still still an incredible game. 
Um, I have not gotten to Mass Effect 3 yet. I'm, I'm very close to beating Mass Effect 2 again. About to start the suicide mission at the very end. Which, oh man, that game was uh, just so so cool, Malcolm. I can't overstate it. <laughs> um, I haven't, so I haven't played Mass Effect 3 yet. Um, but I guess the only note I have for, for Mass Effect 3 is that I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't include the, the multiplayer, uh, oddly enough. Uh, you know, when they first announced uh, that Mass Effect 3 was going to have multiplayer, everyone rolled their eyes all the way through the back of their skulls and were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, but it turns out when that game came out, it's like, actually, the multiplayer was really fun. <laughs> like, that game was, like, it was only, like, one mode. It was only, like, a horde mode where, you know, you fought off waves of enemies. But, you know, that was a ton of fun because you played with your friends. It let you play different uh, species, finally, for the first time. You know, like, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, you only play as Shepard, who's a human, obviously. Um, but mm. hey, like, what if you played in the Sari for once, or, or Tyrion? Wouldn't that be cool? Yes, immensely. Let me do mm. that, please. <laughs> um, but they did not include it with the Legendary Edition. Um, there's talk here, apparently, that if, if the this sells enough and there's enough demand for it, that they might patch it in later, but we'll see. But man, uh. so far I, I have to say that Mass Effect Legendary Edition and... and an A-plus package for $60. All right, one last wise-ass question here. Um, for Mass Effect 3, does it also include the uh, fan-friendly di- ending Yes, as it well? does. It includes the, the extended cut or whatever <laughs> for, for babies who can't handle <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Evangelion fuck you ending. <laughs> like, whatever. That's what you want? Huh? <laughs> Oh, don't give people the wrong idea about the original <laughs> ending, that it was like Evangelion. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I'm happy it's bringing you joy. And Pick it up. I, I implore you. I, you know, I, that's one of those games, games where not only have I been thinking about getting it, but I think my wife would enjoy it, yes. too. Oh, she, man. She, she enjoys the long RPG yes. games. Speak, speaking of long RPG games... Uh, a game I've been playing, believe it or not, not Destiny 2, ah. a game I've been playing was uh, actually a DLC for a game which was my game of the year for last year, and that is Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. First of all, one thing I will give subtraction points to <laughs> is how ridiculous it is to to get this set. Because number one, it's not as easy as you just download the PS5 game and off you go. Even if you have the uh, the save file there, because what what you have to do, <laughs> oh god, you first have to you have to download both games for this. Unfortunately, the PS4 version of the game and the PS5 version of the game. <laughs> I mean, the PS5 is just has ample room for all the things you want to install on it. So oh. what's the, what's 160 gigs going to cost you, Malcolm? Really? Oh, it wasn't a problem whatsoever. <laughs> Didn't have to delete anything. Was it, so. Wasn't a pain in the ass at all. Long story short, no. It's just that I didn't know. Because uh, at first I start up the PlayStation 5 game and my game's not there. I'm like, oh, well, okay, it's the PS5. Maybe I haven't downloaded the save file <laughs> from uh, the cloud yet. Good old cloud, so not Stripe. <laughs> but I download the save file from the cloud, put it on there, and I go to play the PS5 game again it's not seeing my save file i'm like wtf and that's when i realize is the option there of download code a save file so what they want you to yep. do 
is boot up the <laughs> PS4 version. Uh-huh. And then take your save file and upload it to this special thing. I don't know if it's a special cloud thing or if they're encrypting the save file, essentially. But you do that. Then you quit out of the PS4 <laughs> version, boot up the PS5 version, then upload the uh, that special save file and just sit back for a good 5-10 minutes as a bunch of trophies start sprouting. <laughs> as, which was, it's always great to see, uh, see trophies, especially a parade of it. But anyway, it was a little annoying for me because in preparation for the PS5 version, I deleted the PS4 version of the game and <laughs> downloaded the PS5 version. Because, hey, God forbid I want some space on my PS5 <laughs> But then I got after that I promptly deleted the PS4 version and and started going on there and immediately I could start playing as Yuffie, who let me tell you uh, my wife summed it up pretty fantastically, in that the she came to me and said okay, the great thing about this game is they nailed Yuffie, they got that character completely perfect, the bad thing about this game they nailed you. <laughs> Because that character is kind of insufferable. <laughs> uh, but that's the case. She's like the only kid there. She thinks that she can take care, care of everything she, herself. And she's won't shut, shut up ever. And she's kind of insufferable. And they nailed that. <laughs> and that's part of the magic of, uh, this, of the, this whole franchise is how well they nail every single character. Uh, another thing they nail is the combat. As as much as I just as I don't want to ha- have a conversation with Yuffie, I will sure <laughs> as fuck have her in a fight because her moves are freaking awesome. Nice. <laughs> like the shuriken throws, and then following it up with combos of ninjutsu, and then leaping to grab the shuriken and unleashing a physical combo. And Sonin, who the much needed anchor for Yuffie. The straight man <laughs> for Jerry Lewis here for Christ's sake. So you so needed. Uh, it's just a breath of fresh air, and I already have theories about uh, his character and why he's really there. But 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 he is just so needed. He grounds her and works so well with her in combat. The combat, the combo moves so far that I've been in playing with her here have been really 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 fun to do like this is some of the most fun i've had with the combat and i love the combat in the original yeah. game like i thought that they did a phenomenal job here and it makes me look forward to the future of uh, the franchise itself because let's see some combo moves with barrett and cloud or tifa and cloud or barrett and tifa or some of yeah. the other characters and I can't. I cannot wait for that. I know Sandra cannot wait for Red Thirteen to be playable. I tell you that much for free. <laughs> she was livid when they're like, "When are we going to play Red 13? And, the, and here's me not wanting to <laughs> spoil it. <laughs> I mean, he contributes. <laughs> He's a good hitter. Good hitter. Uh, and for those of you that are wondering, because I did go back and check it out. They fixed that one background, the one wall yes! from the. <laughs> it looks legit now. In fact, the the game itself looks uh, pretty phenomenal. And in fact, you can actually like 
There's actually stuff on the ground you can kick or move now. Or there's destructible stuff and whatnot. Uh, no long, so far for me anyway, no long walks over a narrow beam <laughs> to disguise loading screen so far. <laughs> uh, but the combat's great and uh, the story is really great too. Now, the unfortunate thing is like calling it's essentially an intermission. There's only two cha- chapters to the story. The chapters are gigantic, though. Like, uh, I just did the first boss, and uh, I'm still in chapter one. <laughs> and depending on how much of a completionist you are, you can actually do quite a few things in chapter one. Like, uh, I actually did all of the Fort Condor stuff in chapter one. Like, all the, all of it right there. You can actually, like, if you camp out, you can possibly take on the Grand Master which I won't spoil, but the reveal of who it is and uh, what the game of Fort Condor is for is actually pretty ingenious, as it is kind of sadistic. But And uh, I, you can face Ruma right off the bat, or the, the summon, and get him, which thankfully I did. It took a few tries, and I may have had to wait till I got Sonnen to do it. But you can do that, and there's other like side missions and whatnot that you can do right off the bat. And the game also offers the story also offers some interesting uh, in, uh, as- asides here. Like you sort of get an idea of what was happening when Cloud was with Aerith in the first game, as you see like little things that are going on in the slums at the time. Uh, and the, as always, the combat. As well as the combat, the music is just great. Oh. It like fits every situation. Like what they did with Yuffie's theme and how they updated it and how they even made like a battle version of that theme. Theme is just awesome. mm, <laughs> chef's kiss. Like if if this is what to expect uh, from these episodic notions, like I'm I'm kind of looking forward to more. Like let's have like a story of what. Red 13 was doing during the course of the game. Setting it up. And you're like, yeah, it's just in a tube the whole time. It's, it's like a screensaver, really. But anyway, it's just him laying there. But uh, yeah, I'm really stoked for what they do and how they're using the characters now. Some of the stuff they do with uh, some of the characters of the previous game are pretty hysterical. Like, uh, Let's just say some of the people you find out play Fort Condor is actually kind of a huh moment. But, <laughs> but like everything that you're expecting is there. Like there are multiple weapons for each character. They each learn their stuff. Up, you can upgrade each uh, each weapon. Uh, there's stuff to unlock. There's a whole bunch of stuff to do, and there's a bunch of like little lore. Or that you can find out, including like what people's reaction for in the towns for the various destruction of reactors and whatnot, and even of Avalanche. So, I I'm really digging it so far. It's to say it's worth the 19.99 is kind of an understatement in my opinion. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I bought it instantly, like that day. I just haven't gotten around to playing it. Oh yeah. So I. To be just like Joe was saying, to be back in that world again for me is just just been fantastic. I've been I'm so happy. So 
uh, definitely worth it so far. And like I said, I've only got I've only been mainly doing side quests before sitting down and playing through the game here. Uh, there is a uh, you do I do know that after you beat the game proper, you unlock hard mode, which uh, unlocks more stuff for you to do, including more Fort Condor opponents. You get hard mode versions of all the all the Fort Condor guys too. <laughs> so plenty of stuff to do, and I'm loving it so far. All right, Joe. Unless you have anything else, um, no, sir. I, I'm definitely look, like I've I've held off on playing it just because I want to get all the way through Mass Effect Two <laughs> first before diving into something else. Uh, and it feels like it'll be a nice uh, intermission <laughs> uh, between Mass Effect Two and Three uh, for me. Uh, so that's that's all I'm waiting for. All right. <laughs> well, with that, folks. <laughs> That does it for this week's or this month's edition of the Firmware Update, episode 227. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here today. If you would like to fight chaos and kill it, please give us a five-star written review on iTunes, and it, which really helps us get our name out there. You can also find us on such apps as Pocket Cast, Google Play, possibly Amazon Music. We're still working on that. <laughs> Uh, you can also we also have a Facebook page likes on there really help out the show tremendously you can also find us on our webpage thefirmup.com and once again mailbag at thefirmup.com please write in we would love to hear from you and see what you think and we'll read it right here on the air here. or you can tweet us as well at psmal for me at Juan's Auto for Joe and at thefirmup for the show Joe, is there anything else I'm forgetting? Uh, no, sir. All right. Finally getting back in the habit. <laughs> Folks, we will see you next time. Hasta la vista.